Such sights to show you. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Fuck you too! Isn't that a fun sound test? It is. I was gonna start this off by going, hey hun, hey hun, hey. What up? <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello everyone that is listening to this Halloween special episode. I am here with my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm here with my girl, Alley Cat. And um, I explained on the last episode that uh, I haven't had you back in a while because of the things going on in our lives and because I like to keep some things to myself and to keep things personal and not exactly like mesh too much of my personal life into the show. But at the very same time, we've been together for like three years, so... Oh, you're ramping it up. It's not like... Like three years? It's like two and a half. Yes. So like, it... There's a part of me where I'm just like, it's not fair that I had you on the show and then I took you off the show when you're still, like, in my life. So I felt bad. <laughs> and no, you had your reasons. It's like, I've had so many people on this show where, like, we start off as, like, the best of friends and then we record and we record and we record and, like, something in our friendship changes and then, like, I want nothing to do with them. Sure, yeah. And then, like, the product is almost ruined. I'm not, I'm gonna say almost. I'm not trying to be a drama queen. But it's like, I do go back and I listen to those episodes. And I'm still able to laugh. And I'm still able to listen to them. But it makes me upset that those people aren't the same people that I recorded with when I recorded with them. If that makes sense. It does. So, I didn't want to put that... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to put that on our relationship and, like, make it some sort of test, some sort no. of testament, like... Well, I think it's, it's helpful that I've already been on here. And agreed. It's, it's not something that's just like, hey, world, here's a brand new yeah, character. Here's my, my girlfriend. Brand new girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. So the, the funny thing is, like, we have always been friends, even before we were dating, and it's like... Now that we're dating, why should I take you off when you were already on? And it just take it took some time for me to just be like, no, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is okay. And, um, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. So it's like, you know, this episode is a giant fucking example, but... Not, not the dirty stuff. We're not going to talk about that. My balls. No. <laughs> I mean, those are scary, but... So we're... The, the thing, obviously, from the title and what I alluded to two weeks ago when I did the episode with Where Am I about this year's California trip, Halloween Horror Nights. You and I have been going to Halloween Horror Nights for three years now, but the 2021 didn't happen, so I, I'm allowed to say four years, technically. 
What do you mean the 2021 didn't happen? 2020 didn't actually happen. Oh, 2020. Oh, I yeah. thought you said 2021. 2020. Correct. No, because we... I, I started to go with you to the Orlando one. In 2021. 2021, yes. But I went in 2019 with my brothers, and I'm, I'm bringing that into the saddle today as well because I want to do an actual ranking system to figure out, just by pure numbers, which year has been the best year. I, I think this is a fun little exercise in jogging down memory lane and also talking about Horror Nights for an extended amount of time because it is a, I'm going to say cultural event that not just the country, but the world fucking talks about. I'm I'm a part of the message boards. I'm, I'm a fucking nerd. I'm on the message boards, and there are people on there who travel from other countries to come for like a week, and all they do is go to as many horror nights in that week as they possibly can. And they usually do it out of season. They usually don't come in October on the busiest week where like nine counties are out of school and it's super busy and every line has like three hours. I'm speaking from example this last time that we went, we went during the busiest week in Florida, like historically. So out of the ones in the U S there is Orlando and then there's LA. What other ones exist? Oh, okay. Oh, there is one in uh, uh, Tokyo. I thought so. There is one in Tokyo, but it's not, it's not huge. The, 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 the houses they do are smaller, more experimental because the park is smaller. It doesn't have as much to offer. Like they were the first park to get Nintendo world, but they haven't been doing horror nights as long as the other gotcha. coasts have been doing like, um, Hollywood, I, I know Orlando was the first Universal Park ever made, but they made the Hollywood one very quickly on the heels of that one. So it's like, as long as those two parks have been open, they've been doing Horror Nights at those parks. Like, this last year, I think, was the... Th it's like, thir it's 33 or 32. Yeah, I'm I almost... think it's 32, because I remember seeing that number and going, oh, that must be how long that this must has be been which version this is yeah yeah yep 32 for it's, halloween horror nights it's the 32nd horror nights so they've been doing this for 30 plus years because there have been some years where they weren't able to do it there's also been some That's years true. where they um they did it at different parks only like there's historically uh a year that they did it at islands of adventure Oh. Instead of studios. And they called it like the Islands of Fear. And it was this whole other thing. That'd be and, a fun switch up. Well, it's just interesting to think about because they have like Dr. Seuss Land and Marvel Land and all these oh, other sure. things. So it's like, how do you really, how do you really dress that up when the theming over there is so Different, immersive? Yeah. Um, you're you're able to do it at studios in Orlando because everything looks like backlots. You're able to do it in California because that's an actual studio lot. So it's like they pull that off a lot easier. I think they in the year that they did Islands of Adventure, 
it was um all the villains from Marvel broke out of like jail mm-hmm. and they had like dead versions of superheroes like laying That'd on the fun. ground and yeah. stuff. And it's like Carnage from Spider Man is just holding <laughs> up like the corpse of Spider Man. Yeah. In like one notorious photo. And Marvel was just like, This is not good. Yeah, we don't want to do this ever again. Um I just think the the bad publicity, like just imagining like a guy with chainsaw running through Seussland. I'm sure the Dr. Seuss family would That's be true. like, we yeah, don't like, want no, this. No, we don't support that. Yeah, they already hate hate the shit Universal is doing with their properties. So it's like I don't I don't think <laughs> I don't think they'd they'd really appreciate that either. Um, but we're we're gonna talk about horror nights. I'm gonna talk about all the years I've been. We're gonna talk about the years we've been together. Um, I have a rating system that I made uh, on paper here that we're going to be actually tallying to, to figure out out of 60 points, which, which year comes closest to that 60 mark. Because what, what, what I found is there are different amounts of houses almost every year. So I added bonus points to get us up to a nice, even 12 points per year, including some, um, some scare zones or some extra things that were happening those years that we can add to bump up that point value for that year, depending on how good or how bad that experience was. Um, it's also going to be a little bit circumstantial because some years we had to deal with COVID restrictions. Some years we had rain. Some years we had crowds. Some years we, we did mm, better versions of express and scheduling and some years we kind of just showed up and tried to run it to the best of our ability um i said it on the last episode i said it on the episode before that i highly recommend anyone who is interested in halloween horror nights go to youtube and just look up any of these walkthroughs of the houses, people make compilations and playlists of really great YouTubers who are invited to these media nights where they're allowed to surprisingly videotape the entire fucking thing as they walk through the houses. So if if I had any like companion piece to this episode, to this podcast kind of talking about Halloween Horror Nights, go see what I'm talking about. When we talk about something being really cool... And, and just really loving that experience, go actually look at the footage, go, go dive into it. And if not, I hope the main takeaway from this episode is that people get more amped about this experience or as amped as I am and maybe even attend themselves. I would love for this to be a free advertisement <laughs> for universal, just kind of gushing about their product. Like I said, it's a worldwide, international, internationally recognized product um, that I I love. What's I What's your opinion overall? Well, I've never experienced it before until we were together, and so I like the differences in between where you are. I I say you are on top tier level of mega fan. And in all aspects of this, like you mentioned, being nerdy boy, you're on the message boards. I'm on the message boards speculating 
what what houses they're gonna announce months before yeah, they're you announced. Deep dive. Yeah, <laughs> because I want to hear the rumors. If I like something as much as I like horror, you know, as evidenced from this show and all the times we talk about movies and properties and IPs and video games and all that stuff. If I'm hearing that, like, a property we love is being highly speculated for the next event, I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to be like, yo, guess what's happening? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And that's obviously the grab, I think, of each year has, in my opinion, a different type of theme or one house that really sticks out every year. And I think that's what they try to grab people with. But me personally, I love to know what food they're serving because <laughs> that is the thing that I'm most interested I in. Think, I think fortunately enough, and I do mean this ironically, um, I don't talk about food on any of these rating <laughs> scales. And I think I'll let you have that little the segment. The food is part of the experience. I mean, because... the, f- the food is part of the experience because they do ridiculous fucking things True, every it's got, single it's year. It's got to taste good. I mean, you can make something that looks like shit and it tastes like foie gras, but then you can that's also... Foie gras does look like shit, though. Uh, that's true, yes. <laughs> but in terms it of... It looks like what it is, which is duck liver, I... right? Yes, it is. Yeah, the what they it's actually goose liver. Goose, to be, yes, goose to liver. be bougie, but in terms of it's funny. I, I came here not knowing that you did a point system, and I came in here knowing exactly what year out of the few that I've been to the horror nights. What I think is my favorite. What so year I'd, do you think is your favorite? You want me to know now? I was yeah. Gonna I want to know I was now. Go wait until the no, point no, no. System. The point system is still going to be something we discuss together, and I discuss without you because of the years and the th- and the yes. times I've gone without you. I'd love to know going into it what have you liked the most? Twenty twenty two. So last, last year. year, last year was my favorite. Yes. What other than uh, Halloween? I believe. What was headlining that you were really amped about? So it was. Not that I was excited going in, but I left saying this is the most memorable house. And it was the one that was like um, the cold sea where they just had... Winter's Wake. Winter's Wake was Winter's Wake. We're definitely going to talk about that one. Yeah. um, Where it doesn't actually have... Like a lot of these houses are paired up with something that is, I'd say, culturally in. Whether that's The Last of Us or The Walking Dead, Stranger Things... And then the houses, that that house had no type of a draw draw to it, but yet it was so beautifully haunting, and a lot of the effects that they driven. did, and a lot of the mm-hmm. things that they added were just very memorable. If not, you know, I know the the theme is horror, but at the same time. I'm still interested in a lot of things that make it appealing besides yeah. me just going No, you can say scared. that that house was beautiful. Yes. You can say that that house was beautiful and there there are remnants of that. I mean to to quote the message boards quite literally, people say you come for the IPs, mm-hmm. you leave for the originals. Gotcha. And what they mean by that is You're drawn in by The Last of Us. You're drawn in by Chucky. You're drawn in by Stranger Things. Because you recognize these brands, you associate your emotions with these brands, you associate your nostalgia 
with these brands, but then you show up and you say, okay, I did those houses, but what are these other ones? What are these original ones that Universal felt the need to throw the same level of a budget, the same type of creative development at, and say, we're going to fucking own this and, yes. and blow it out of the ballpark to the best of their ability. And that's where you get the originals. And the originals, no one no one knows what they're getting when they walk into them. Mm-hmm. When you walk into Stranger Things Season 4, you know you're getting Stranger Things Season 4. When Vecna comes walking out of a corner, you know, holding his fucking hand out to you, you're kind of... Unless, unless he room. really... Hit, right, in every <laughs> single room... Unless he gets you with an actual jump scare, it's not quite frightening because you've seen the media that he comes from. You understand the rules with the character, the the universe that it exists within. And unless you're genuinely fucking terrified of the IP, which we will get to with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for me specifically, you're not really scared. You're not mm-hmm. really spooked. Um most of the stuff I would say is considered a jump scare where you don't know where right. these things are where coming they're out coming of. from, which we'll we'll get into the types of scares that they elicit in these houses too, how these houses are actually made and how they function. Um, but that that house was a boat like you enter in the establishment mm-hmm. and then they built like a whole ship. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you it was walk so through a seaside amazing. harbor town, entering through a, a, an open archway to um, a town like marketplace basically there's a giant tower in the middle of the entire warehouse with a lighthouse going around it and you just see this gentle snowfall and it feels like you're in the middle of some like abattoir yeah, you know like it was actually cold there was fog the rolling down i mean it was and all put together you, you, so beautifully we're, we're gonna gush about that house when we get there that might be one of that might be one of the only five-point houses that we actually discussed tonight, because that was one of the only ones where I think back about it so super fondly, where I'm like, I can that house was perfect. remember yeah. that. But also, in the whole What's My Favorite Year, 2022, it was also because of the food, and also had my favorite walkthrough which is the scare zones where there's going to be the actors. We do have points. Themed. We do have points for sweet revenge, yeah. which I knew I knew you were going to want to talk so about. Those, those were my... What was the food you remember from 2022 that you specifically liked? It was it was both visually funny slash gross, but then also good. Um, I remember now. Yes. Yeah. So they had the the maggot corn dog was that the one that it was correct yeah. a korean so. korean style corn dog where it's made with potato on the outside instead of cornbread yeah and so it gives it gives you this uh from looking from afar the way the the potato sticks melt onto the hot dog it gives the look of being stringy of being segmented of being small well it had like rice krispies on it so it correct looked like it like, was deep fried with rice yeah like like maggots essentially it was supposed to be on it <laughs> the section of the park um that that was dedicated to was joking off of a um meets meets m m e e t z m e a t s meets with a Z is the family from a fictional house that they had going back 10, 20 years, um, where, uh, the, the character is this butcher guy that wears a, 
a fun mask and he, he owns a butcher shop and everyone comes to buy his meat meat products so they had like a strawberry raspberry rice krispies shaped yes. like like beef patties yeah and they're like packaged and like if you go to the grocery store and you pick up ground beef that's what it was supposed to look like and it did i don't think we actually got it to eat it but no we, we they looked at went it. so far into doing that but the points. but the chicken the chicken offals and the fried cauliflower yeah that was, was the same. same place yep and that was my another top of mine what's the sauce gojugon yeah, yeah. Go, gochujang yes and, and uh gochujang sauce is what uh, it's it's a Korean Korean type, style, but yeah, yes. pretty much a very spicy bean but, pepper type of thing. But I sweet, it's like but a sweet, it's yeah. a sweet spicy peppery sauce. It's not like Nashville hot no. sauce at all. It's, it it's has very a, peppery. Yes, it yeah. has, definitely has a flavor to it that's not going to be like overpowering. It's more boosts the flavor of kind of whatever you're eating. You're which right. Obviously, so we, cauliflower isn't the you best. You had done the fried cauliflower, so. which which was mushier which played into the fact that it looked like meat because it was red and it had this red sauce on it but i actually got the chicken the fried chicken offals and i thought i thought it was good the sauce was the best part the same sure. sauce they put on the cauliflower but you're you're absolutely correct we we started the night with the uh the, or we in the middle of the night we got the corn dog, and at the end of the night, we did the deep fried Oreos, which they have. Ho oh, of course. Luckily, brought back yes. both both of the last years. Um, yeah, the food the food is always cool to us because we also hit up Epcot's Food and Wine Festival at the same time we go to Horror Nights. That's just kind of a two birds one stone coincidence that we get out of doing this trip. Even even the trips I've done within this period have hit food and wine festival, even if Halloween is like shut down in a COVID sense. So it's like, it, it's always about the food. It's always about the food. We're we're foodie people. We like good food. We appreciate good the food. Yeah. The snackiness aspect of it. We're getting not. getting like a small plate to just walk around with or a small treat to just walk around with makes a, a amusement park experience just a little bit more heightened. Agreed, yes. Yeah. Um is so twenty twenty two is your favorite year, not just from the most memorable houses in your opinion, but from the food. So uh, and the scare zone. And zones. the scare zone, yeah. So you you really are judging the entire experience. Yes. When when you're judging what what is yes. your favorite year, um, I'm definitely gonna take that into consideration when we do get to that year, um, because for the most part I'm not talking a lot about scare zones. Some of some of the more noted ones are mentioned, but I'm definitely not talking about food. And I think it's just because I didn't focus on the food the first couple years I went and it didn't become something that they really put gimmick into really un until the last like two years. Yeah, like, I mean, I honestly don't even remember any type of food being offered in 2021 well that's the funny thing is we literally had a soft pretzel at one point and that's right. like and i i think that was a combination i mean i went in not knowing anything not knowing mm -hmm. what to expect so maybe if you know the the food aspect of it I don't even remember if they were doing anything special enough cuz i was just they so overwhelmed with they what they 100% were 
but it's more of the gimmicky stuff they're known for every single year, like the pizza fries, the twisted taters. Okay. Um, the there's always a hamburger with something crazy yeah. on it. They do that every year. Those are the standbys. But I will note the one that you that you coincidentally forgotten that I will always remember is the Texas Ma- Chainsaw Massacre house smelled like barbecue, and then okay. when you left. They had a the barbecue, barbecue stand mm-hmm. there where you can, like, they had, like, ears hanging from the stand. Like, like, prop human ears. Yeah, they do it up with that, yeah. And then they, and then they offer you a chicken leg and they, and they laugh at you when you order it because they're like, it's not chicken. And you're just like, fuck you, like, don't do that to me. I just went through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. We all know the, the the fucking family is a bunch of cannibals. Don't tell me this isn't chicken. I'm hungry. You're making me hungry. Yeah. I'm smelling bacon and I want to eat it. But I'm thinking about people getting eaten and now I'm disgusted. Like, that happened that year and I, I will never forget that. <laughs> but um, I do want to go in order. Because I think we'll be able to more talk more relevantly about... Um, this year specifically. So I'm first going to talk about uh, my first year attending. Um, this wasn't the first year I knew about this product, obviously. I had been following Halloween Horror Nights maybe three or four years before then. I had tried going the year beforehand. Couldn't find anyone who had enough money to go with me. They weren't super excited about the IPs that year. Um there was a year that they did the thing that I was really trying to go. There was a year that they did Alien versus Predator that I really wanted to go. There was a year that they did Silent Hill that I really wanted to go. I've always had my ear to the ground about it, but I always said, damn, I can't get my fucking Florida trips to line up in October to find the right people to go with me because people, like back then, people didn't want to travel in October. They always wanted to travel during the summer. They saved up their money for a summer trip and I just couldn't line it up perfectly. And now that I'm an adult and we have uh, financial freedom, uh, we choose to go in October because it lines up with what we're looking to do at the event. Um there, there was a, a year with an ex that I was really fucking close from being able to go. And last minute, she totally fucking ruined it for me and I didn't want to go anymore. So I canceled the entire thing and got it refunded. And I was like, fuck you for ruining this for me because this was supposed to be something cool we could do together. Um, and I don't remember what year that was. It was, it was somewhere in the 2016-ish, 20, 2013, somewhere in there. And that would have been my first year, but I'm actually glad I didn't go on that one because it probably would have just been miserable. Um, talking more fondly about the trip with my brothers in 2019, we were just on a whole nother level that entire trip. We recorded an episode in location in a hotel room in LA. Go back and listen to it. It's, it's episode fun. like it's one, one. It's like episode like 112, 116, somewhere in there. I don't fucking remember numbers anymore. Um, but my brothers, Spum and Cum, uh, we had gone to California to visit some family and to just kind of 
do Disneyland because we had done Disney World two or three times prior and we were just looking to change things up. Every once in a while you want to go to Disneyland because you've you've gotten tired of doing Disney World and you just want to try something different. Because um, it is very different. Don't let people tell you that they're the same product because they very much aren't. Um, Hollywood's Park, as talked about two episodes ago, very different. Actually a live studio lot. Um, built on the side of a mountain, very weird to navigate, kind of like a straight line shot down the mountainside. Um, one thing that is different between the one in Hollywood and the Orlando one is the tram. There's a tram, yeah. right? We have a, we have a tram ride. Um, the studio lot tour is done on a tram system and during the day in uh, Universal Hollywood, they will do a studio tour about an hour long um, through the lot, through the various things that they have there, um, just kind of showing you all different aspects of filmmaking and some ride experiences that have been fleshed out into other attractions and just, you know, stuff to stuff to wet your whistle when it comes to how movies are made. And at Halloween Horror Nights, what they do is... They take you on the first 15 minutes of that tram ride, and then they write in some type of story about why they need to kick you off of it. And and they do that right before the War of the Worlds set that is still in California, which is with the downed airplane crash. So it's always funny that they kick you off right at the section that looks, you know, the most catastrophic the most chaotic so you know they always come up on the on the speakers saying like oh no you got to get out of here like the tram the tram isn't working you gotta you gotta jump off and run for your lives and you know they naturally point you at a gang full of chainsaw people running around you know and they, and they ask you to go through the set and mm -hmm. you know just keep walking and what's cool about um the year that i went with my brother's they did something called Toxic Tunnel, where they had turned a, a fragment of that lot into just one long, uh, one-way tunnel uh, of, of pitch-black darkness, black lights, um, like neon UV paint, and just, like, people jumping out of the darkness with various weapons and shit. And that's something that they, they blew up, they got rid of, because now on the tour, um, they brought in Jordan Peele's set from the movie Nope, uh, Jupiter Claim, Ju Jupiter's Claim, um, which is also in its own right, fucking fantastic. So, uh, the first year I went, all that I got was one long tunnel full of freaks, but this most recent year I went... I got Jupiter's Claim, which was really fucking cool. Question. Yeah. How high are you during this time when you in, go to these In parks? 2019, we were high every single day, which was the craziest part about it because we... Because I feel like that's going to change your experience. California, well. yeah, California with things being legal over there. We had, the day before driving up to Hollywood literally gone to a restaurant in LA where they infuse everything that you eat with cannabis and then sell you cannabis to smoke at the table. We had gone to a cannabis cafe. It is now closed because people realize how fucking crazy that concept is. But we were, 
we were smoking weed at a table that we were also eating weed-infused food. And it fucked us up so much that, like, we were so fucked up on this entire trip that it lingered when we were sober. That, like, when we were flying back home, we were all still, like, out of it. And when we got back and, like, smoked when we got home, it brought us right back into that same high. And what I told you when I got back from the most recent trip that I had to California, their weed is nuts. Their, yeah. their weed is two times the potency. Oh, yeah. The East Coast weed is maybe, maybe 27% THC. It has more CBD in it. They look for more of the medical aspect. Um, y- you'll get some 50-50 shots of uh, 16% THC, 11% CBD. That'll give you a nice 27% product. Sometimes it's just full 27%. THC, whatever, if you're looking, if you're someone who looks at what you're smoking, these statistics mean something to you. If not, this is just numbers. Uh, To tell you just numbers, what California is doing, maybe 46%. Like, almost clear double of what we're used to over here. So I smoke one little joint in California and I skyrocket. You know, I I smoke triple the length over here, and I'm fine. I'm functional, but I I do even a little bit over there, and I'm drooling. I'm I'm coma I'm comatose. So in 2019, we specifically did that trip because we wanted to get fucked up, and one of the first things we did was visit Med Men's and just spend hundreds of dollars, and then smoke every morning, afternoon, night before we did anything. We smoked. So before we went into Horror Nights, we smoked. We all smoked our own joint. We shared a joint. We we had edibles. We had pills. We had drinks. They're liquid-infused products. Enemas. I, yeah. <laughs> we did enemas. <laughs> we, sho- we shoved things up our asses and squirted THC into our buttholes. Um, I, I remember being very anxious walking in this first time because I had so many expectations, but I knew I was too high to channel it the right way. So when you're, when you're high, let's talk about that for a second. When you're high, your anxiety can go in two different directions, right? You could turn into my brother where, and I'm going to say spum. Yeah, actually let's use both of them as, as the polar opposite examples. You could turn into spum who is going to hear uh, the police in his head and immediately check the window to see if anyone has rolled up on our front lawn. Because that's how anxious weed can make you. Or you're like, come, and you just kind of fall asleep with your eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) These are the two effects of weed. You either get anxious or you get the opposite of anxious to the complete ignorance side of life. Um... I would say I was rolling on the anxious side for this trip. So I, a lot of things were high energy, high stakes, which made the entire night uh, pretty emotional and and fast paced. And like I said, high energy. Um, some of the houses here uh, mentioned um, were some of the best I've ever seen out of any of the years that we've went. So I'm going to rate a lot of them pretty highly. But um, I always start each of these lists when we break down each of these categories, I start with the IPs because I want to talk about what you guys might know. 
and I want to mention the things that you can relate to from having watched that media before. So one of the first houses we did when we came in 2019, it actually might have been the first house we did, was Stranger Things. Stranger Things was a big draw to the event. It had just been the year prior in 2018. It had been, they had done season one and everyone went nuts because that house was great. You could go watch a recording of that. Uh, I've watched the recording of that house several times because I was not able to experience it myself and it looks fucking awesome. It's basically just running around the woods and then running around the upside down and they nailed it because they just have Demogorgons around every corner and they're full people in costumes just screaming in your face. And it just, it looks so wonderful. So when you get to the concept of Stranger Things season two, kind of a bummer because that was the season where they had the Demodogs, which are kind of the Gremlins Critters version of Demogorgons. And they're just not as scary. And you're not going to get any people in full-size costumes being demodogs. You're going to get weird little puppets that they stick next to walls and have jut out of boo holes, which is going to be a term that we're going to talk about a lot, which is when someone tries to jump scare you by jumping out of what is essentially a window between them and you um, as you're walking through the house and them hiding in a boo hole to jump out and try and scare you. So I remember there being a lot of little puppets... And a lot of actors pretending to be afraid of puppets and shooting at puppets. And that was also the season where they're like hoppers like stuck underground for like half of the fucking season. And uh, Eleven just fucking disappears for the end of the season. And it's just if you were to ask me, season two isn't that great. Season three is where things pick up and it's a little bit more body horror and you know, Billy is possessed uh, and he's convincing a giant monster to liquidate people and become a part of his mass. And there's this cult aspect to it. There's this crazy assimilation thing, John Carpenter-esque aspect to it as well. Um, and this house featured uh, one or two scenes from season three. So this was a, basically a a season two primary house with little season three elements in there. The best elements were, of course, from season three, because I remember the house ended with the Starcourt mall scene where that giant fucking dead person monster uh, is getting hit with fireworks and you have to crawl under it to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And I remember they actually had, and I think I, I quote this correctly when I say it was a 16 foot tall giant model of that monster and one of its limbs was actually animatronic like moving very cool um that was probably the highlight of that house but the rest was kind of sad and small scale and i remember there being a really laughable um puppet of will standing in front of the smoke monster in <laughs> season in season two and it just looked it was a bad projection it was a bad screen wall and the puppet of Will just looked so bad that it made people laugh. Um, this is about as middle of the lane as it could be for a house, but I'm going to say that giant puppet kind of gave it some redeeming factors. So I'm going to say that this house was a three out of five. I then want to talk about The Walking Dead. 
I have a lot of feelings about The Walking Dead. What are your feelings when it comes to The Walking Dead? Um, in terms of... Just me, any feelings. It was good. It was good. Until I just <laughs> couldn't stand after... Ne- Negan's a great character. What did, we, but... what did we say the other day that there are six Walking Dead series oh, going on so right now? now. There are yeah. six of them, people. There are six Walking there's... Dead series going on Darryl right now. Daryl Paris. And... Daryl Dix. Daryl Dix in Paris. Daryl Dix. Welcome to Paris. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate but it. But then, uh, then Negan and uh, Maggie, they're in New York. They're in New York City now. Yeah, dead city. Right. It. You were going to say that you love Negan as a character, but you fell off the show when he killed Glenn. Pretty, pretty much, I think. Glenn was the heart of the show, and I people don't, don't think, realize that. I don't think it, it was more that every single episode with Negan was just, they were just beating the shit mentally and physically out of these yeah. people that it was just, it got so drawn out. The saviors like, were rough. It was so rough. Yeah. That there was like no redeeming qualities. No. And then, then they captured Negan and then and he they don't even prison, kill him. And it was just something that becomes was, a good guy. Yeah. Then he becomes, it was it's just wild. like, it got too much. It, it is. It much. genuinely is too much. So, I, the Whisper arc is really cool. They should have done the Whispers before they did the Saviors because they're such cooler bad guys. They're bad guys that realize that if we take the skin off of zombies and wear them, mm-hmm. that we can fit in with zombies and they won't want to eat us because yeah, we'll look I and smell remember. like them. Yeah. The problem is that they're crazy. They're they're sure. they're they're religious nuts that wear zombie skin. They're not in it for the practical aspect. They're in it from a this is the next religious, line of evolution. Yeah. This is this is where humans have led to like religious aspect, evangelical aspect of it. Um my feelings with Walking Dead is is the same. I read the books and I'll say it was good. Everyone knows the the first two seasons were directed by Frank Darabont, one of the best directors in the goddamn industry, and he was sacrilegiously tossed out of his own product, out of his own thing, because the studio wanted someone cheaper, someone more that they can control, and it basically started a civil war within their own studio where some of the actors were like, fuck you, kill me, I don't want to do this product without Frank. And that's why Daryl died. That's why John Bernthal died. That's why a lot of people didn't make it past season five because they just didn't want to do the show without Frank. Um, that's why and- Andrea left. Um, it's uh, it's at least part of the reason why I think Herschel was chosen to die. Um, you, you got a lot of character, big character deaths between seasons two Spoiler and five. <laughs> this is like not everyone 15, makes it. <laughs> this is like fifteen years old at this point. Um, you you get a lot of huge character deaths um, for different reasons, both in the books and in the TV show. And I'm going to say the TV show is very trite in its execution. Um, in the height of Walking Dead fame, Universal's, uh, they just, they made a deal with AMC that they were going to have a year-round walkthrough Horror Nights-esque property in their Hollywood park where any time of year there'd be at least three or four scare actors in there in between the scenes dressed as zombies whose sole job are to scare anyone who walks through there. And it sounds about as successful as you think it is because it wasn't very successful at all. 
people during the off season at 10 o'clock in the morning do not want to walk through a haunted house based off of Walking Dead that has maybe four or five scare actors in it who know what they're doing and don't want to do it. <laughs> like, the the scenes that they had were scenes from, I think, anywhere from season one to season five. There, It's mostly woods and farm and hospital and uh, jail. That's That's like the seasons that they covered for uh the attraction and they like i said they had animatronics in there they had scare actors in there um they they tried to do a lot of stuff but year round wise it just wasn't drawing in enough people it's already been shut down and used as horror night space ever since then because it just like horror like walking dead in general has died down in public acclaim but also as a Horror Nights experience, they just haven't done it over the last couple years. And uh, it's just kind of, it's beaten to death as far as I, I, I go. Like, dead horse beaten to fucking smithereens. And walking through this house for the first time, it had been an experience that opened maybe three years prior to us going there in 2019. And you could just tell how kind of cheap and confined the experience was by walking through it even as a horror nights attraction you're they they threw in more scare actors because it's horror nights they want more scare you know each house averages like 20 to 30 scare actors so they they automatically throw in double to triple the numbers in, a, in an attraction that isn't built for that so it, it was awkward because you could tell it was made to be this year-round thing, and yet you're being circumvented around five or six scare actors per room. And it's just... It's just dumb. It's just dumb, and it's played out at that point, and it was just kind of random. Um, I don't remember any of the scenes being particularly good or cool. All that I would say is uh, the one that stands out the most is... Uh, the woods scene with Daryl and Beth where they light that cabin that Daryl grew up yeah. in on fire and they both chuck the finger at the cabin. They had a convincing actress playing Beth who was both short blonde and cute like that actress. Mm -hmm. And she comes out of the house and actually chucks the finger at <laughs> you as you're walking through the attraction. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, hey, yeah. I remember that. But they didn't have anyone, you know, pretend to be like any other character, mm. though. That was the sad thing is, like, you're walking through the jail scene and you're expecting to see someone who looks like Rick or Herschel, someone. Shane, and and you don't get anyone who looks like anyone. And it's just awkward. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give that one uh, a two out of five. And that's that's mostly me saying I liked that house scene and a one for the fact that Walking Dead was circumstantial at a point and the show deserved a lot better than what it now is. Yes. <laughs> Frank, if Frank Darabont had stuck with that show and the studio let him do what he wanted to do, this show would have been like award winning by this point. It would be viewed the same way like Game of Thrones has been viewed mm. instead of this giant fucking blown up cash cow that it now is um talking about a property both of us love for different reasons um ghostbusters 
<laughs> you just like Bustin. I do like Bustin. <laughs> you just like Bustin. No, I always like Ghostbusters. Um, well. Ghostbusters is fantastic. It's a fun. It's a fun franchise. It's not super horror. It's not super like it's. It's actually one of the best comedies ever written. Um, before I'd say it's it's really horror, but as you'll find, um, Universal Horror Nights likes to dip its toes in different genres as we move forward. Um, I'm not going to wax too poetic about Ghostbusters. Uh, it was a fantastic house. They had two or three Slimers, where one of them is like an animatronic on an invisible, like, mirrored uh, uh, gurney, and it gets pushed towards you in the hallway scene where oh, Fankman gets fun. slimed, and that was super cool to see and feel like you're in that scene and Slimer's coming yeah. at you. Um, they had wonderful... Uh, props of the dogs. Okay. Uh, the the big fucking Zool yeah, dog, dogs. demon dogs. Those things are fucking terrifying. They scared me as a kid. They scared me in that maze. But they also, and this is the thing we talk about in the episode the most. They also had wonderful masks of Zool. So they got two or three chicks to play Zool, and they had great masks that had the same kind of hair mohawk buzz cut but giant stretched out facial features so that when you turn a corner they'd pop out of a boo hole and just get right in your fucking face and in in my head they just fucking nailed that house um i know i said that i'm not going to give many fives out but ghostbusters was absolutely a five house i remember ghostbusters as the ride and universal orlando it was a. It wasn't really it was like a, a show. It was more with of a show. Special effects where yeah. they used like Pepper's ghost and and props. It was, and... it was fun. It was entertaining and memorable to the point um, that it satisfied me. I yeah. think it was it was a fun attraction while it was there. The the coolest thing about this house, and you again recommend watching it on YouTube, is when people would use the guns, the blasters. They would put them up against the wall, perspective wise. And then the wall would have these hidden lights rigged to the wall so that when the actors stood a certain way, it looked like their blasters were shooting oh, stuff out. Okay. And then it would hit, That's how they did it. it would hit like a ghost off of the wall and the lights would be wrapped around the ghost. So it would look perspective wise like they're shooting the beam right out of their gun, but really they're standing next to the wall and the lights are attached to the wall. This house had really cool stay puffed marshmallow uh, mm-hmm. scenes where you're kind of like in the house and you see the giant uh, marshmallow guy in the background and then you turn the corner and it's just his head mm-hmm. like next to the side of the building and they actually had three or four actors standing there like zapping him or ma- maybe they were mannequins, three or four mannequins standing there zapping him and he just looks really angry to be blown up into pieces. Um that would have been a good food, fun food creation. Like oh, I'm sure they had something fluff. marshmallow related. Yeah. We, we didn't pay a single fucking second of no. attention on food on this trip. Um, the next one, again, not going to talk about it too much because there's already an episode dedicated to us talking about this. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. And it's mostly due to uh, our walkthrough of it. I remember seeing a lot of uh, empty scares, a lot of empty spaces. When I go back and I watch this one redone, 
I feel like there's like double the amount of scare actors when I see it in video format. Um, I also don't love the movie, so it's hard for me to like place the same amount of respect into the franchise when you're walking through it and you don't have any like nostalgia for it. Sure. So like I'd give Ghostbusters a five because they fucking nailed it as far as what I think Ghostbusters is about. Whereas I only give Killer Clowns a four because I don't know the movie as well. And the house only kind of does like half of the scenes well. And like, yeah, I, I heard that they, they borrowed like the exact costumes or got the Chiodo brothers to come in and work on the costumes for them. So like hats off to them getting the literal fucking special effects and directors of the actual movie to come in and help them work on the house. Like you don't see that happening too often. Like it's not like they had fucking, um, uh, the director of Ghostbusters, R.I.P., or his son come in and work on the Ghostbusters Haunted House. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just cool to see certain aspects of it. But I remember, like, they had the, the red circus tent that's the ship. You know, they had the hobo looking for his dog. They had the the room full of cotton candy people that are stuck there getting drained of their blood. Um, they had the ventriloquist cop scene they had the the hand puppet t-rex scene they had the actual fucking t-rex which was a giant um inflatable which was really cool to see because you actually go right under his legs to get out of the house um but this was another one where you're more laughing you're more having fun you're more looking at the atmosphere and and the funny noises because you're hearing all of these boop like like horn noises as you're walking through the house and it's just kind of silly the movie's not very scary so the house isn't going to be very scary either whereas i think like going through the ghostbusters house i'm a little uncomfortable because i actually was afraid of the librarian as a kid i actually was afraid of the fucking dogs as a kid like seeing those things in person like the actual library scene fucking scared me (laughs) as an adult (laughs) because i felt the same fear i felt when i was fucking like seven years old watching that movie for the first time um that was another one where it's like you'd you'd expect to leave the house and they would be selling like cotton candy right there and i don't i don't remember that being the case i'm sure they have like a drink with cotton candy featured in it because they always do fun alcoholic beverages but um i don't remember anything there um i'm gonna give the next one a four as well because i was very excited for this one and they fucking nailed it uh creep show and this is based off of uh, the first season of the new AMC TV show with Greg Nicotero, um, but also primarily based off of the first movie from George Romero and Stephen King fame. Um, they translated some of those uh, scenes from Creepshow uh, very, very closely. I remember walking through um, the scene with... Uh, the dad saying, I want my cake. Where's my cake? And like, they literally nailed like the same exact thing. Like you're walking through the kitchen and the red light splashes through and the dad, the zombie dad comes through the fucking kitchen and he's like, where's my cake? And I was like, that's literally from the movie. Like I'm standing right there and the frame is happening right yeah, in front of me. Yeah, if you think of, of the movie and how kind of, it is kind of comic book like. Oh Yeah. And, and they so framed it that way too. They're able to do that in a haunted house. That's that's cool. That's they planned they planned it very well. They actually had, they had several scenes where you had to walk past 
the case under the stairs where the monster pops out. They had you walk around that case like two times before the monster actually pops out of it. Mm -hmm. And that was like suspense driven for me. And when it does pop out, it's an actual guy in a mask with his hands and like he looks exactly like the props they used looks exactly like the movie. So I, again, like watch or watch a playthrough of this on YouTube because they just nailed the costumes. Um, I'd only give it a point off because I don't love the TV show as much as I love the movie. And they only chose to adapt the first movie, not the second one. And I feel like they could have gotten away with a lot more stuff from the second movie than they, than they could have with the TV show. They featured two scenes from the TV show. One is the werewolf episode and one is the gray matter episode. And while both of those episodes on the new TV show are good, I didn't hold the same value for them as far as a, as far as walking through those experiences were. Now it was cool. And the special effects work again was top notch. Cause I remember we go through the gray matter house, which is like this house just full of like, funk and and fungus and mucus and all this sticky gross alien shit and this dude comes running out of a fucking corner with this thing on his face and i just remember cum just like staring at him like cum was not scared at all this dude just gets in his face and tries scaring him and it just doesn't work and i just remember like he turned to me and i just laughed because i was like you totally like ruined that guy's day like, he really thought he got you, and you just did not even fucking register, register him. <laughs> like, that scare actor was sad for the rest of the day after what you did to him. <laughs> um, there was a cool scare near the end with the werewolf scene where, uh, you know, they're they're locking this dude up because they think he's a murderer, but he turns out to be a werewolf. So it's like you turn the corner and you and there's like a dude yelling for help on one side and you see his like hand and then you turn the corner. It's a full on werewolf that just charges at you from the other side of the jail cell. Mm. Just really fucking cool, like like stage work, I guess, on how that house progressed. This is also this is also the house, I think, that got spum the best because he got close to a creep show poster and it turned out to be a tearaway wall. Oh, no. And they, they tore the wall out, and it was the actual yeah. creeper, like, zombie guy. And he just got in Spum's face, and I remember seeing him yeah. jump. And it was just fantastic. Um, the next one I'm going to give high regards to as well. I'm going to give this one a four. And that's for us. Uh, again, not going to go on too much about it, because we already did an episode. But uh, they just nailed the scenes from this movie like the beginning of the movie has the girl actually go through like the vision quest house Mm -hmm. they make you go through the vision quest house to begin the haunted house like they should we are in california and they actually built the same entrance from the movie for the house down to the shitty like scaffolding work to get up to the house (laughs) so like you're walking through it and you're seeing all the cheap effects of the vision quest house from the movie. And you're just immediately like discomforted because you're like, you're feeling the same way the girl felt walking through that in the movie. Um, and then it just plays out like the home invasion, the friend's house, home invasion with the twins. Mm -hmm. Um, they just, they got wonderful actors, great actors to play Nupudo Luongo and, um, the, the, the big, the big dude from Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, 
and and even like uh Heidecker uh <laughs> the the actor they got for him was fantastic and uh Elizabeth Moss just un- they, they nailed how these people looked and their mannerisms and it's become such a thing now that the us people come back uh to horror nights every year uh, ever since Jupiter's claim has been opened so Jupiter's claim has us people walking around oh, okay. in red jumpsuits with scissors and stuff so Again, high high uh, points for that one because that one just fucking nailed it. I remember listening to the remix of uh, "I Got Five on It" mm-hmm. as we're sitting in line. Mm-hmm. I I might even I might even give that a bonus point just for how awesome that fucking song is because the the remix of the boom 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 like. That is, like, terrifying to listen to when you're actually about to walk into a haunted house based off of the property. Um, yeah, bonus points for that shit. Um, the next one, which is the last one based off of an IP, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm not a huge fan of Rob Zombie. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the stuff he makes. Um, but I'm gonna give this one a three- um, because at least they recreated aspects of it pretty well. They got the Dr. Satan stuff nailed down. They got the, uh, the, the, the clown. <laughs> I always forgot his fucking name. Um, RIP to the actor who, who played the clown, but, uh, the fried chicken stand, uh, with the, the shitty occult maze that he has in the back of his chicken stand. Um, but, the the fireflies don't resonate with me as people. I didn't love the movie. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Rob. Uh, Rob Zombie, your your wife is annoying. <laughs> you you cast Sherry Moon in fucking everything, and she's not good. Um, so having actors and actresses act like uh baby in this house was just annoying <laughs> like they'd just be cackling and wearing cheerleader costumes and you're just like get away from me go away um the the cool part is the 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 big brother of the firefly family who's like seven foot tall they they actually got a guy to walk around on stilts in the outside mm. scene so that was actually convincing yeah. and actually kind of scary to see this big guy following you um the, the the rest I'll say is just like uh the, the main killer, the brother, um, with, with the long hair, I think his name's Otis. Um, he's actually quite scary as a character. So any scene that they put you on the opposite side of a room and like you walk into the room and he's already standing there shouting some shit at you, like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. You're done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm we, uncomfortable. We be out of there. Um I'm giving that one a three, um just because I, I don't love the property too much. I'm not too familiar with the property. Um, I remember the house being good, but not anything substantial. Um, it was fun, you know. Uh, then we get into some original territory. Uh, California has less originals than the Florida parks do. Um, the Universal Monsters this year was kind of forgettable um, because the the settings, the scenes weren't anything to write home about. Um, but the monsters were really cool, and the makeup's really cool, and the and the scenes were kind of well done um they did frankenstein versus the wolfman and they called it universal monsters frankenstein versus wolfman um just kind of pitting two classics against each other you have really cool frankenstein scenes where he's just you know acting like a 
mushmouth monster and then you have other scenes where like a guy is like no get away from me i'm turning and then you know you turn the corner and there's a fucking werewolf standing there um i'll give it a three just because of how cool the costumes were but it's it's nothing to write home about um ironically i think one of the first houses we did which also came back this last year was holidays in hell um i'm gonna give holidays in hell a two it's not a good house I don't know why they brought it back. They could have brought back any of these other houses and I would have been more excited. Um, Holidays in Hell sounds fun on paper and then you walk through it and it's just kind of lame. You think, oh, the calendar, they're going to do a different room based off of different holidays and there's like a cool gimmick that they can do. It's never played through to its fullest potential, in my opinion. They never do anything um, particularly interesting or... Uh, provocative in any of the scenes. Uh, You get a weird Krampus in Christmas. You get a Turkey Man monster in Thanksgiving. You get pumpkin-headed people in Halloween. You get a fucking leprechaun in St. Patrick's Day. You get people fucking around with fireworks for 4th of July. You know, you get a weird Cupid Grim Reaper thing for Valentine's Day. You get uh, a bunny for Easter. Like It's just... It's stereotypical and kind of weird and annoying and it's fun to walk through. I'm not going to give it a one. I'm not going to say it's ass, but it's like a step above ass. (laughs) Um, It's one cheek of an ass. uh, However, I will give the next one a four. Um, Curse of Pandora's Box. Every once in a while, you get a universal original that sticks with you. And Curse of Pandora's Box stuck with me for, for one reason. And it's something I've talked about on the show before. When I was a kid, my dad grew me up on, like, Harryhausen flicks. I'm talking Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonauts, The Adventures of Sinbad, you know, that type of shit where the monsters are stop motion. And Harryhausen had this cool way of juxtaposing stop motion on miniature sets on top of actual film using, like, early green screen tech. So... You're looking at a stop-motion monster the size of a person, or bigger in most cases, like the Kraken or the Cyclops or the Hydra. Any of these ring any bells to anyone. Um, You're looking at these things juxtaposed on reality. So you're seeing an actual actor reacting to something that's not there because it's going to be put into the film later because it's a stop-motion little clay product. One of the things that absolutely fucking horrified me as a kid was the Medusa scene from Clash of the Titans. These people go down into this dungeon. They're walking around. They're not seeing anyone. But the island is just full of screaming people who have been turned into stone. And they just, they always look maligned and in pain. And they capture this so well with the special effects of these people just screaming, petrified, caught in stone. And you don't see Medusa for like a lot of the scene. It's like masterful suspense work. You just get the rattlesnake tail every once in a while. The and then you hear slithering. It's just so great. Juxtapose that scene with the new one from Clash of the Titans, like, 2011, where it's this CGI monstrosity running around screaming at people. Like, it's it's ass in comparison. 
when when the dudes I think Perseus goes down there with two dudes, they both get fucking wiped. Uh she she ices both of them with her fucking gaze. The way Harry Hasen did the special effects is is crazy. She's crawling around on her arms, dragging her fucking lower snake body around when she fucking turns and makes eye contact with these people and all of the snakes go rigid and stare at the person and her eyes just go wide and her mouth just fucking fork tongue comes out. That shit gave me nightmares as a kid. Guess what the Pandora's house box ends with? An entire sequence of going through Medusa's dungeon. I almost shit myself. I felt like I was six years old again. I felt like I was walking through like the scenes of a nightmare I've had. I didn't like it. It put me on edge. I freaked out a little bit. And naturally, naturally, you're walking past like screaming stone statues of people and you're just hearing snake noises. You're waiting for a Medusa-dressed person to just lunge at you from the darkness. I was hiding behind my brothers. I was hiding behind them because I didn't want to look like a giant pussy. Mm -hmm. I let them go first and I tried to hide how scared of the, the fact that we were going through a Medusa section I was. We had turned a corner and all that they literally had in the next room was a giant head that lunges at you from the darkness. A giant snake-faced head. Oh man, it got it got us so good. <laughs> this is a this is a, a a concept they use in other houses that we'll get to. But they get this big thing on bungee cords and they just launch it at you the minute you turn the corner. And I swear this thing got so close to us, but it was just, just this giant Medusa head. And of course they flash, they flash lights at you, make you think you're going to turn to fucking stone. That shit rocked me. So I'm giving that house a four. <laughs> I remember the beginning of the house being very lame. It was like an antiquities guy saying, don't open the box. You'll, you'll let out all the things from Pandora's box, the sins of humanity. Don't do it. And then, like, you turn the corner and the box is open and you're like, you're like, but I didn't even open it. And the guy's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I, the beginning of the house was lame, but the end of the house was fucking amazing. Because Medusa has rooms. nothing to do with the Pandora myth, but they nailed it. <laughs> so. It'd be funny if there was just two rooms where it's like, oh, don't open the box. And you get in the next room and he's like, the box is okay. open. <laughs> no, no, that no one opened the box. Oh, he's no like, one opened the box okay, and you just have leave. Have a good night. Yeah. yeah. See ya. Buy a box. Buy a box to take home in our merch store. Um, the bonus facts for the other points that I put down for this one is for Toxic Tunnel, which I'll give... I will award two bonus points to Toxic Tunnel for being fun. Um, I take points away from Toxic Tunnel for being a giant fucking tunnel that I had to walk through twice. Um, my feet hurt often. And you made me walk through a mile long tunnel <laughs> like two times and I didn't want to do that. Um, and I'm going to give uh, bonus points to the Christmas in hell zone because one of those stilt walkers smacked my brother in the face with a scythe and it made me laugh. Um, they also were pretty relentless. I remember um, when we got out of the holidays in hell house, uh, a stilt walker actually scared the shit out of Spum 
and then he thought it was done and he walked away. The guy actually followed him, looped around the next walkway, and scared him again the minute he turned the corner. And I watched the entire thing happen. I watched him get scared first, and then I saw the stilt guy turn and then run ahead of us (laughs) and hide behind a wall and scare him again. And I just remember being, like, really fucking surprised at how funny that was. Um, So adding up all these points out of 60... I have 5, 9, 11, 14, 17, 21, 25, 29, 34, 36, 39 out of 60 for 2019. There was no event in 2020 because of the pandemic. However, I did note that they tried testing the event before they canceled it. And they tested the event by doing a Beetlejuice house on one night and a Revenge of the Tooth Fairy house another night. And they let people line up on both of those nights that were just random nights in 2020 just to conceptually see if they could get away with hosting the event. They did Mm. not get away with hosting the event. I was there the week they were testing those houses. Uh, throwback to, I think, episode 180, Big Boys Make Big Noise. That was the trip I went down with Punxsutawney Trail, Frowns McBoohoo, and Where Am I to Florida. They were That was supposed to be a Horror Nights trip with those guys. Horror Nights was canceled that year, so I wasn't able to go with them. Um, they were testing, uh, I believe, Beetlejuice the week we were there, but it was on days we were not at mm. Universal Studios. So I was not able to experience it. And that's fine because they brought both of those houses back for the next year. They were they were planning to do them that year. So those houses were not wasted. However, fun fact. um, Billie Eilish was in talks to have a house for 2021. And it was because 2020 pandemic failed that she actually dropped out. Mm. So we would have had a musical house a year before we got one um, with Billie Eilish music videos, you know, some, some uh, tar angels, some fire, some, some crying, some, some, crying, blood, yeah. some bad guys. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 2021. This is the year we went together. The first time we went together. Uh, first house I want to talk about is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, I don't think I can give a solid five because they were all wearing masks. And well, it's and it's so that's... tough when they're either behind plexi well, yeah, or wearing masks. Let's make sure that the audience understands that this... This was COVID. This was COVID time, so any boo hole had a plexiglass... So it's like if you looked into a hallway, mm-hmm. you knew where people were standing behind. So the because element you'd see of the suspense reflection of the was glass. different. Yeah, you didn't have suspense. Walking through these houses was more of an exhibit because you're not you're not actually actively being scared because they can't jump out at you, they can't get near you, and everything is being telegraphed because you're seeing the reflections of the boo holes. Or they stand far enough away from you that you're not scared by their presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I want to give it a four out of five. I think 
that's really because good. I think they nailed a lot of the scenes. Like, I loved the whole chalk doorway walking through the bricks into the underworld, mm-hmm. and they actually had the office, the waiting room, yep, with the secretary, and the secretary was legit straight out of the movie, looked the same way, talked the same way. Um, we get to the the football players oh, <laughs> jumping yeah. out at you, asking where the bathroom mm-hmm. is and shit. Like, it was a funny house. Like, sure. this, this brings me back to Killer Clowns. This brings me back to Ghostbusters. Like, this is more of a fun house to walk through. But it was because of COVID and it was because of the event that it wasn't to its fullest potential. Because Beetlejuice used to have a show at Universal, the the Halloween Review. And now it's at the Coco Bongo Club near you in Mexico. We had seen the show several times. It's a fun little ditty where he just fucks around with the classic monsters. But knowing that and seeing him walk around the parks during the day, I don't particularly find Beetlejuice scary uh, or like mean or disheartening or annoying or any of that stuff it's just sad to see that like we couldn't get a house to its fullest potential because of how shitty covid was do you, you know? think that would have changed things if a hundred percent a hundred percent but like i i need to rate it as authentically as i can because it was a product of the time that house could have been a five out of five would you agree that it's a solid four though yeah, I just wouldn't know how you would be able to escalate something like that because it's very much to the point in, like, you can't really stray away from Beetlejuice scenes. People are expecting to see the, you know, the doorway and them going in the doorway and going into the, you the know, snake, waiting world. The, the snake, snake head. The, yeah, it's very the predictable. The snake-headed Beetlejuice. So. The, the carousel-headed Beetlejuice. I I think... Um, did did they or did they not have a giant um, sandworm? I think they did at some point. Yeah, I think they did, but I wanted it to be played up more. Because um, that's, like, one of my favorite aspects of the movie. Um it would it clearly would have just been better if you would have been able to remove the masks from everyone, remove all the plexiglass and have the actors really ham mm-hmm. that shit up. Sure, yeah. If they yeah. were able to get into your face like that, that house would have been so much better. Which is why I'm gonna say I'm gonna juxtapose it with my next opinion. I'm giving Haunting of Hill House a fucking five. Just straight up. Haunting of Hill House was an amazing house to yeah. walk through. You actually feel like you're walking down these cold, dark, empty hallways. And some of the scares in these houses were unlike any other scares we've we've ever seen since, really. Um, walking underneath the, bent, le- the yep. bent neck lady as she's floating above you, just as like a prop, like... That was scary. Terrifying. Yeah. They they had the bowler hat, the tall man, the bowler hat man that Lucas is afraid of. They had him around two or three different corners. And because each of his appendages were uh, like stilts, essentially, mm-hmm. elongated, mm-hmm. he'd be able to reach out at you and it would and it would blur those COVID lines at the time. Like, this is a house that was able to get away with the COVID shit. It was. Because... Yes. They had ghosts behind false walls mm-hmm. and like Pepper's effect ghost walls. Um, they had 
um, props. They used props for ghosts. Mm -hmm. So they were able to stage them in, in strategic areas. So you'd turn a corner and see like the flash of a ghost, but it wouldn't be a real scare actor. It would be like a fake bent neck lady. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be like, Oh, that scared me more because it's in my fucking face. Yeah. You know, I mean, they should have that, that house should be a five or nothing. Like that is the best setup that you can get to get a horror house. You are given everything that you can yeah. in every sense of that show to make into a horror house. So it should be five or nothing, essentially. And and I'm also speaking from how much that. I'm also speaking from how much I enjoy that show. Like when you have such strong feelings about a property and it doesn't hit all of the marks you are a little bit disappointed. That That is the reason why Beetlejuice is a four and not a five. You juxtapose that with something like hor- like Haunting a Hill House, and you're like, well, if they're able to do it, why am, I, why am I not feeling the same way about something else? And it's just like, it's within the constraints of what they were able to pull off at the time. I just think Hill House used everything to its advantage, and it promoted an atmosphere that I... I actually enjoyed and like let's not forget the artistry behind it like how did it feel walking into that house for the first time oh, sure. and actually seeing the giant facade yeah. of Hill House and like actually walking into its front oh, door yeah. like I remember seeing that when we got in there and my jaw like just dropped yep I remember that Very I just funny. turned to you and I was like they actually have the red door they have the little girl in the window looking at you like they just they nailed it they just fucking nailed it. And that's that's one that you can't... And I will say this. That's one that you can't actually watch a, a video of on YouTube and get the same effect. Because this one was definitely playing off of the darkness aspect of how, of how walking through a dark, empty house actually feels. You know, with the statues and the, and the, the shitty wallpaper. And, like, they just... They pulled the scenes right out of the show. So it's... It's disorienting, you know, um, how dark that is. And that doesn't play well with cameras sometimes. Um, The next one we'll talk about playfully, but I don't know where I sit on it for a rating. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When you're in a haunted house scenario, whether it's a local hayride thing or a local you know, corn maze or a big multi-million dollar house like this. And you hear that chainsaw rev up for the first time and you hear yourself getting closer to it. Nothing quite gets you to elicit that reptilian flight or fight response quite as much. Um, I know that this one tested my mettle a little bit. It made me a little uncomfortable. Well, I think it's the fact that this this one thing is this dude who has a big chainsaw and he has a scary mask on and it's supposed to be people's skin. Yeah. Would have been Gein. the same effect where that loud jarring sensation of this big man holding a chainsaw be the same if it was just dark rooms. Like no other like 
you know, you're walking You're saying through. remove the context and you yes. still got the same level of fear. Yes, yeah. like the, the difference between, it's is it the surrounding area where you have, like, the setup of chains and that old mm-hmm. country creaking home? Are those things any building up to your fear with the guy with the chainsaw Bubba, or could you leather just, face yeah. or could you just be walking through dark rooms and then if you have the light shine on this guy who has a massive chainsaw going, that would still scare the shit it would still out scare of you. you so i'll i'll take a i'll take a point away to suggest that they're just capitalizing on what already scares you about walking through a haunted house. So I'm, I'm already down to a four, but I kind of, I kind of want to stick between three and four because I do think 3.5. I don't, I don't want to do point fives. I want to find a reason to either sit with a four or sit with a three. I go for a three because the house itself was not memorable, but the only reason why is that I, that I can remember it is because of a big guy holding a chainsaw. <laughs> There's nothing else to be like. You don't want to give it a bonus point for for it smelling like barbecue, and then you walk out of the house and they're selling barbecue. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just a fun thing, but that's fine. I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting with your three, and, and I'm conceding. Juice of four, chainsaw massacres deserves a three. For me, I think I would I would give Texas Chainsaw Massacre a four, and I think it's it's just because it scares me that much, and that they really did. It wasn't like you turned the corner and the hitcher was standing there. It's not like you turned the corner and the cook was standing there. It's not like you turned the corner and Grandpa was sitting in a chair with a hammer. You turned every corner in this house, and they had Bubba holding a different weapon running at you, and that scared the shit out of me i turned every corner and bubba was holding a different fucking weapon each time like he's holding a sledgehammer he's holding a knife he's holding a chainsaw he's revving a chainsaw he's coming at you with a chainsaw so it should have been he's called hitting bubba's a... house but that is texas chainsaw massacre leatherface leatherface is texas chainsaw mm-hmm. massacre so like yes you you get to the dinner table scene and they have a woman strapped to a chair sitting next to a, a, a prop of grandpa with the hammer in his mm-hmm. hand. And she's screaming and she's saying, help me, get me out of here. But like, that's not what's scary about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's scary is walking through the room where the woman is up on the on the meat hook. Mm-hmm. And she's screaming, trying to yeah. pull herself off of it. And Bubba runs in from the corner with a, with a mallet and smacks her on the head. You mm-hmm. know, like, that's what's terrifying. And they nailed that grindhouse Toby Hooper aspect of it. What you're saying is Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a horror property isn't memorable enough in what it does to justify being a memorable Horror Nights house. Correct. Whereas going through something like Beetlejuice, you're looking for the aesthetic. You're looking for the scenes. You're looking for them to nail certain things. You can't really nail down any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. You nail it down at a, at a guy with wearing skin with a chainsaw. So for that reason, I'll, I'll concede and I'll, I'll agree to the three. Um, that is ironically where the IPs end this, that year, because they only did three of them. Um, this was a very original heavy year. Which is which is fine because they balance 
year after year in different ways. Um, while kind of based off of a property, they did their own thing with the Universal Monsters this year. And this was The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. Mm. In this one, it's the end of uh, The Bride of Frankenstein movie where uh, Frankenstein, you know, essentially dies protecting her. And the the castle is falling on him. And she's saved, but he's killed. And... Uh, she's, you know, it takes this own, its own continuation where it says she then tries to bring Frankenstein back to life, but she does it by drawing in Dracula's brides and draining them of their blood so that she could transfix back into Frankenstein to bring him back to life. A bit, a bit tough of a plot to follow because at first you're like, what is Frankenstein's bride doing? Why is she doing this? Who are those ladies? Oh, those ladies have fangs. I get it now. Like, the plot was a little all over the place. Um, but I will say the acting was really cool, and the Frankenstein was really cool, mm -hmm. and the castle was really cool. Um, mostly the castle. They just, they nailed... They nailed, like, you walk into that first room and it's like a castle on fire and she's, like, screaming, trying to pick up the, the wall. <laughs> trying to pick the wall up off of Frankenstein and he's just laying there mm -hmm. all dead. Like, that's cool. But I would probably take a point off for the convoluted plot and a point off for just, like, being one note. You're kind of just watching, like, room after room of a bride just, like, yelling. Yeah. Do you remember anything... Not, not particularly, particularly about no. that house. I, I want to give that house a three. Because I'd really only say that it's its biggest demerit is that it doesn't do anything more than what it set out to do. And it's it's just that. Yeah, that's about it. Um, here's a fun one, though. And I'd like to see where you land on this one. Because it was I think it was one of the first originals that we did on this trip. <laughs> Puppet Theater Captive Audience. Was that the one with the movie theater where it wouldn't shut up? They go, that's so good, the movie. No. no. We'll talk about that one. So Puppet Theater Captive Audience was the one with all the dolls and all the puppets. Oh, okay. And the the marionettes. Mm. And the the plot was that the facade on the outside was this old broken down theater and we had busted out a wall and we were breaking in through the back of it. Mm -hmm. And you go in through like the changing rooms and the puppet rooms. Okay. And then there was that stage where the person had a giant marionette yeah. of a woman dancing mm -hmm. on the stage. And it ended with you like going back through the, the um, like costume rooms and the puppet rooms and you're just trying to like escape this this shitty theater. <laughs> and um do you remember my my favorite uh special effects guy was this uh costume where it was a it was a full-grown guy but he had his head in a window and he had these little legs hanging off of his chin <laughs> and the puppet was his face and he was just like he was using little sticks to make his legs dance that were hanging off of his chin and he was just going like this just moving back and forth, shimmying his little legs. And I remember just laughing oh, so sure, much yeah. at seeing this visual. little seeing this little puppet head guy sitting in a window by himself. Um, 
This was the house where I I know you remember this. You were behind me. We were going through um a clothing room, a changing room, uh, like a green room, and there was nothing but clothing racks mm-hmm. on both sides of us. Yeah. And there was a guy in, in the between racks. the clothing yep. racks, and I didn't realize he was there until he was like two inches from my yeah. face. Because I didn't see him jump no. out. You did. Mm-hmm. I turned and met him, and yeah. you started laughing because you saw it happen, mm-hmm. and I jumped. I do remember that. Because that one fucking got me. Um, I liked this house a lot. I liked the concept. I'm scared of puppets. Um, it was also one of the first original houses we did, and I and that sticks with me. So I want to give it a four. I'm not going to say it's the most perfect house ever made, but it, it stuck with me. It had good scares. It had a cool story. Um, when you play on any of my fears, I'm like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Clowns, puppets, any of that shit. Um, now that you remember aspects of it, would you would you agree with a four, or sure. would you would you probably go down from that? No, I think that's good. This one's kind of sad, because I had a lot of expectations for this one. Um, unfortunately, with coming to the event late in the game, we don't have a ton of nostalgia for the icons that had come previous in in previous years. And I'm talking about the grandma storyteller who's sitting in her rocking chair telling you fucked up fairy tales. I'm talking the horror director who's directing like snuff films, watching people get killed. I'm talking the usher, the guy who invites you into the creepy movie theater and beckons you to come and sit down and watch horror movies. And I'm talking Jack the Clown and Chance, his like Harlequin. I don't have any nostalgia for these characters. I don't particularly find any of them scary. So for an entire house to be based off of them is just kind of like meh. A stretch. Like there was um there was Lucky, this like demon girl who was like um based off of a Las Vegas kind of aesthetic where like luck luck be your lady. Um, and, uh, she would, like, strap dudes to, like, uh, spinning, spinning wheels and throw knives at them. You just walk into a room and there's just a woman screaming at you, throwing knives, and you feel the, uh, the air pop coming out of the wall, and you're just like, eh. Sounds like Circus Circus in Las Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, it is like Circus Circus. Um, do you remember this one? I don't, no. So, in this house, you walk in, and it's like you stepped into hell. There's this big skull gateway and all of these facades to the previous icons from previous years as like pumpkins on the wall. And then you walk through this like gateway and then it's like mist and fire and fog and you're you're being led through different vignettes as each of the icons steps out and does their thing. And you get Chance, which is the girl with the Harlequin makeup and she has like knives and a big mallet and she's just like torturing some dude you get jack the clown the dude with the big orange hair the green face makeup and he's like sitting on like a throne and he's like beckoning you to come closer and he's like telling jokes about 
uh, killing people and stuff because he's a fucking clown. It's all just very heavy handed. You walk into a room and there's this woman on like a rocking chair and she's asking you to come closer. She wants to show you what's in her book and then you get there and the book is like the Necronomicon and she like fucking lunges at you and shit. You don't remember any of this. No. Yeah. It's maybe bec- I was in the bathroom. <laughs> no, or maybe that was the very last house no, and I was like. No, you went through this one with me for sure. It's just, it, it doesn't stand out because we don't have any nostalgia mm-hmm. for these characters. We don't care about these characters. This is one of those houses they did where they changed the winner of the house at the end mm-hmm. every year. And when we went through it, it ended with, like, the director or the usher or something. It ended with someone boring, like one of the movie guys. Um, it didn't end with any of the characters. Like, the caretaker, the the guy, uh, the guy who works at the, the fucking funeral home and he carries around these big fucking shears and he has long white hair. Like, even he would have been scarier, but, like, nah. I'm gonna give that one a two just because I don't give a shit. And I think the icons could be scarier. I know this is, like, sacrilegious because people fucking love Jack. Jack is on, like, every fucking t-shirt. He He's he's this fucking... I, I, of course, I don't own any merch with him on it. Because I think he's lame. But, uh, Demented Clown... Takes over amusement park, kills people. Like, that's all you need to know. And for me, it's so, it's so, like, B-movie that I just don't care. Um, here's a cool one, though. Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. (laughs) You remember that one? You walk in and there's, like, a guy narrating a story and you're, Mm -hmm. like, seeing pages. Oh, yeah. And it's explaining how when a kid doesn't leave their tooth for the Tooth Fairy, the Tooth Fairy comes for the kid. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very Krampus yeah. in, its, in its iteration. The, the reason this one stands out to me is because they played the entire thing like a book. Mm-hmm. You remember like walking into the room and it was like cutouts mm-hmm. of a room? Yeah. It was like an illustration. The sad thing was all the tooth fairies looked really stupid. Mm-hmm. They were like little kids in little kids clothings with, with big sharp mouths. And they were like yelling at you and you'd turn the corner and someone's like COVID mask would just be like a giant screaming mouth. Yeah. And you're just like, eh, it's not like scary, but it's fun to look at. Yeah. You know, I remember the illustration aspect being the most interesting part Definitely. because it's like, it's like, oh, it's like a cutout of a bed. It's not an actual bed. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll give that one a three because it was, because it was cool. Um, but it wasn't very scary, and they only had a bunch of little tooth fairies running around. And you expect that to be scarier in concept. Um, this is the one you talked about earlier. Welcome to Scary, which is Cary. Um, Cary, Ohio, which is a place. Um, fun fact, one of the main Horror Nights developers, creators, is from a place called Cary, Ohio. They like to joke that like where they their hometown is like haunted, so every year or some some years at horror nights, uh, Cary, Ohio is featured in a haunted house, and it's always about a different aspect of that town that's gone wrong. That's where meets meets comes from. It's a Cary, Ohio thing. Um, this was a house dedicated to all the previous years that Cary had been featured. So there was a meets meets section of the house where the butcher guy coming out with the jolly uh, kid's face, you know, he comes out with a giant cleaver and he wants to beckon you into his fucking ice locker, you know. 
Um, there was a section of you walk through the movie theater and it's playing, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. But the main aspect of this house was all the townspeople are like deranged demons. So you're walking through like houses where they're trying to like get at you and eat you and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember this one? Let's all go to the lobby. That's what you remember. Let's all go to the lobby. Of course. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember walking through this house and then coming out the other end going, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> the only aspect I liked was the meets meets part because it's this guy dressed as like a, a, a mascot for a grocery chain. And, like, that's the unnerving aspect is that there's this, like, guy dressed as this, like, kid's mascot. And he's, like, asking you to come into his butcher's shop so he could fucking kill yeah. you. That's that's the scary part. But, like, all this other shit about, like, demon citizens, you know, uh, demon families trying to eat you and shit. Like, yeah. eh. The, <laughs> I don't know if I want to give it a one. No. I don't... <laughs> Because you have nostalgia for it, so I'll I'll at least give it a two. We haven't given out a one yet, have we? Mm, I don't think so. No. None of these have sucked yet. I don't know if any of them will. Um, this one I liked a lot. We liked a lot. Case Files. Unearthed. Yes. Legendary Truth. This was the noir. Mm-hmm. You're following a detective. You're listening to his narrative. He's doing the whole uh, tall blonde walked into my into my office and she asked me for help. And I said, what can I do for you? You know, smoking gun, Chinatown bullshit. Um, cool jazz music soundtrack. Cool cosmic horror aspect to it because it's a guy reading a comic book and you walk into the comic book and it happens. Um I remember going to the kitty cat lounge mm-hmm. in this one, yep. where the chicks turned out to be giant cat mm-hmm. creatures, which you liked a lot, because yes. you like cats. Um, but I remember the ending being a little confusing, because the guy the guy gets transfixed from reading the book, and the cosmic entity uh, makes his like head explode or something. Like, you turn the corner... You turn the corner and the guy's eyes are just missing and there's these lights just pouring out mm-hmm. of his eyes and you're just like, oh, that's the end? Mm-hmm. That the book the book just killed him, essentially? Um, I remember this one being a lot of fun and I remember because you and I are nuts for noir. Yeah, I think that, it was very enjoyable that for... That we liked it. Yeah. Not a lot of people liked this one. I sure because it's a it's like a rated G out of all the horror type. That's a good point. People go through haunted houses and horror houses expecting to be scared, and this was like a stroll in the park. So I can understand <laughs> why people didn't like it for what it was, but aesthetically, it was pleasing. I'm gonna give it a four because I like it. Ooh. It's a good one, in my opinion. They need to do more houses like that because even we were going through the um tribute store this year yeah. and they and they had they had that guy Boris Schuster the detective they gave him a room in the tribute store this year and it was just it was really cool to like walk through what is essentially like sin city as a mm-hmm. as a comic book setting um and then the last house for this year wicked growth realm of the pumpkin 
You remember this one? I remember the outside of the house being just pumpkins really fucking cool. everywhere. It it's a giant really cornucopia neat. of pumpkins. Yeah. Um, the plot for this one is the pumpkin lord. He has risen. I think every thirty-one years, the pumpkin lord rises and claims uh, people to sow his oats, sow his crops. He wants to fertilize his crops with yeah, your blood. Gross. <laughs> Children of the corn esque shit. Um, here's the fun story I remember from this one, which I, I'm not sure if you're you're gonna remember, but this is one of those house that plays off of smells. Like you know, we we mentioned mm-hmm. the the barbecue smell for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This one smelled like dirt. The entire house just smelled like, like dirt. dirt. And it's because you go underground, you get drawn into the root you system. Take a, take a dirt nap. That's you get taken down by the by the pumpkin lord. You get drawn into his into his crops. You get taken underground to see where all the pumpkins are being grown, and you're you're following the green glowing vines, and you're turning all these tight corners, and all these pumpkin people are jumping out at you, vine people, bush people, corn people. And we turn a corner and there's a big fucking pumpkin in the room. And there's all these gnarly roots hanging off of him. And I saw that at the top of the pumpkin is this dude pretending to be a part of the pumpkin. And he's like blending into the roots on the top. And I could tell that if I were to get close enough to him, he would pop out at me and scare the shit out of me. Because he's trying to do some chameleon shit and blend in. So I grab you and I push you over to him and I tell you to look at the pumpkin mm-hmm. and he just fucking unveiled himself and like jumped out at you. And it was the pumpkin lord. It was the big fat guy at the top of the pumpkin mm. with the big horns. Yeah. Do you remember this happening? I don't know. I remember the f- being surprised when at the end of Hell House... Not Hell House, Haunting of Hill House, when the guy in the bowler hat surprises you at the end. You some some houses they you like exit out of the like decorated area and you think you're like safe in yeah. like the hallway between the house and the exit and then something comes and grabs you and that was that's the time I remember the most of being like genuinely surprised and shocked. There was this point where I walked past this big pumpkin and I saw that the scare actor was waiting to actually do something. Mm -hmm. And I turned around and I pointed at the pumpkin and you got near it and triggered the scare because I saw it coming and you didn't. Makes you sound like an asshole. I it you was pushed, pushed his girlfriend in front of the scary pumpkin lord. It was so funny. I remember him getting you so good and I just remember laughing. Just laughing, just cackling because he just went wah like he 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 looked like he was like laying down, he was hiding his head, and then he literally went wah and you were right next to him when he did it oh. and it was just so fucking funny. Glad you liked it. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> uh I'm gonna give the house uh at least a three. Okay. How do you feel about that? I, I like it more than a three. You'd give it a four? I'd give it a four. You give it a four because of the outside being decorated in like 400 it's the pumpkins. Pumpkin king. I want, I'm giving it a four because you said so, 
but I would give it a three we'll internal. Give it a three. This, no, this is your. No, this is it's your a discussion. I'm scale. giving it a four. You made the rules. I'm giving it a four because you said give it an extra point, but I would I would note that a lot of this because this was one of the tent houses, one of the ones that gets sprung up and built mm-hmm. in the backstage. Yes. That because of how confined those tents could be, they pretty much just did the entire thing underground. Like you're just pretty much walking yeah. through roots and stuff I the mean, entire they house. They even made it smell like dirt. For me, that's cool for like a room or two, but not for an entire house. That's the only reason I'd give it a three. Um, for the bonus points for 2021, I want to give at least two bonus points to Crypt TV. I don't think Crypt TV is the best thing ever made, but for the fact that it's a YouTube-based platform that was able to get an entire scare zone at this park for this year is pretty cool. They have some cool stories. Um, if anyone wants to check out Crypt TV, go to their YouTube and watch their short stories. Um, one of their mascots, which is even featured in the video game Dead by Daylight, is this guy with a big smile and he has stitches across his face. He's missing a nose and a mouth and he just has two big stitches on his head and a big, creepy, toothy grin. He's like their Slender Man. He just kind of follows you and rips you in half. Um, and then there was this like spider chick. I like the spider chick. She just wants a boyfriend. And instead she kills him and feeds on his corpse. So, you know, poor, poor spider girl. Um, that was the scare zone in the San Francisco area mm. near the back end of the park uh, that year. Um... And then I want to give at least two points to Eddie's Revenge and 30 Years, 30 Fears Scare Zones. Because what 30 Years, 30 Fears was that first scare zone we walked through. And it's on that right-hand side going past the Terminator show. Well, that used to be there. And, like, the Hello Kitty store and stuff. Um, This is where they had the little vignettes from some of the best scenes from years prior. Mm. So they had, like... A little like section for like a mariner in like a downed ship with like fog rolling off of him and he's just standing on his own little platform his own little scene and then you walk to the next one and it had like an alien from like an alien saucer just sitting outside with like green lights coming down on him you had the um the candy people which eventually got their own scene the next year um, sitting outside offering people like ice cream and shit like I just thought those little vignettes were cool and then just giving Eddie a shout out um, mythology wise because uh, that's Jack's brother who uh, one of the years that they wanted to do horror nights they wanted to make him the icon but he got shut down because I think like some terrible thing happened that year, like fucking Columbine or something, and people were up in arms about uh, putting putting too much horror out there, so they downplayed it that year, and Eddie never actually got a Horror Nights year. So, just trying to give him some bonus points. Um, I'm going to give at least two, because I thought both of those things were cool. How many points are you going to give to Gryffindor? Let's see. 
2, 4, 8, 12, 14, 17, 19, 23, 26, 29, 34, 38. Only one point behind 2019. See, this is why it's interesting to rank things, because I would have said 2021 was not as good, and it's actually pretty damn close. Shout out to Hill House for being our first five. Hill Maybe? House. No, Ghostbusters I gave a five too. There's always at least one that I like. Above all else. Getting to your favorite year, 2022. Uh, first, first IP house worth mention, Halloween. The original 1978 John Carpenter feature. Um, I remember this house being pretty fucking cool because it was all about misdirection. Like, you'd look, like, up the stairs and see, like, little Michael sitting there and then, like, big Michael would come out of a door yeah, right here, right? I think they did that well. I think they did. It, it's kind of predictable in terms of the, you know, once again... Knowing the movie and knowing mm -hmm. what to come. Knowing the and scenes. The, yeah. So for them to do that, it was a necessity, I think, in order to make it more memorable, different. Like, oh, I remember it because I remember they did this scene and they did, um, you know, Michael was outside and Michael was standing next to the clothing line. And so for them to do the misdirection that they did... Mm -hmm was helpful to make it more memorable. Like you're walking past the fence, past the closing, the clothing line, and you're thinking he's going to come from over there. Yeah. And he comes from the left, comes from the window yeah. anyway. Like that's, that's the cool thing is that you know from the scenes that you expect it to happen a certain way and then it turns it on its head and it happens a different way. Yes. Like they actually put you like in the closet mm -hmm. for the scene that, that Lori's getting fucking attacked where she does the, the hanger. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't come at you the same way. He, like, lunges into the fucking closet. And they actually had a Lori actress to the right, opposite the direction that he lunges from. And I remember it being, like, just fucking super authentic. Um, I think I would give this one a four. Agreed. And I think the only thing that holds it back is just the fact that I'm not super terrified by Michael Myers. Exactly. He, the, the shape to me is just conceptually not all the way there. He's my least favorite out of the Trinity. I like Jason the most, ironically. Um, I like Freddy second most, uh, because of his, his attitude and his comedy. <laughs> but I would say Michael is the weakest of the three because he's just boring. Oh, sorry, Michael. <laughs> he doesn't have... He doesn't have Sorry, great boo -boo. movies. Cult of the Thorn is stupid. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Cult of the Thorn is dumb. Michael Myers got stopped by a pile of rocks on the ground. Shut up. <laughs> it's dumb. Um, he's got mommy issues. I mean, Jason has mommy issues, but they're justified in my opinion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a white William Shatner mask. <laughs> like, stop, stop yeah. trying to make it more than what it is. Um, I also find it ironic that they chose to do the 78 movie when the 2018 movie had been so great and they didn't do a house for that. They instead chose to do an anniversary house, which to me just bad marketing. 
Um, Horrors of Bloomhouse, Freaky and Black Phone. Um, I'd say it's pretty, um, blah. Like, I mean, I feel like. Is it a two again, or is it a three? I'd say that's even a two. I'm going to go lower on that one because I think, I feel like they're like, oh, we got to have Blumhouse, you know, they're such a good horror franchise. But Freaky was more of like, it was a comedy. It was a comedy. It yeah. Was a comedy. yeah it's not a very scary movie. Yeah. So it's not very scary. I'd also take a point off just, I'm agreeing with the two because of the space that they put it in. I don't know why. They choose to put houses in the Fast and the Furious queue. This is the first year that they did that, and it doesn't it doesn't work. I don't know why they do that. Uh, the space is, is it just does it doesn't work for for how yeah. they for how they do it. Um, even when you split it up like this, and you have a split between the two houses, and it feels like you're getting two houses in one. The, the superior in this in this occasion was Black Phone. And the sad sure. thing about Black Phone is the entire movie happens in one room. That is true. But <laughs> so I you're walking through the room for nine me, times. It has the most memorable kind of horror, scary, like, oh, that disturbed me, was when they had a puppet that was in the dark and then, like, it would, like, flash a couple times and then you'll be able to see it. But it's the one kind of boy where... It looked like he's like on a harness and he's kind of like doing a U shape, um, like a back bend type of situation. He's floating in the air. Um, I forget what his story was, but I clearly remember that and being like, "Yeah, that's scary. I don't like that." Was it one of the kids? It was that one of the, the kids. It was yeah. one of the kids that it was the, one of the dead kids. Yeah. That the the what they, they fucking call him something? I forget it. The stalker, the sneaker, the stealer, whatever they call him. Um, one of the kids that he killed, you're saying one of the, one of the props, one of the scares was they had a contorted version of yes. the dead kid yes, they pop had a, out. Yep. They had a contorted dead kid. It was a puppet. It wasn't an actor. And you still give it a two? That, I would still give that a two. I think right, that would be its, re it. its redeeming quality. Is, was that it actually gave you a good scare? Yeah. This next one. I talk about this next one a lot. I like this one. The Weekend. After oh, Hours yeah. Nightmare. I mean, that was the big theme that year. Was that The Weekend was partnering in order to make his own house. And I think they did it. I think they did it a fun, a cool, I, interesting twist. I want to give it a five, but tell me why I shouldn't. Unless you agree with me. I, I don't think I disagree. I mean... You would give I, it a five? I don't think... I would give it a five, not based off of the horror aspect in any way. I think creatively, it was a cool house to go through. I I want to give it a five just because it did... The, 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 sim, the symbiotic... The symbiotic creation of how The Weeknd makes his music videos have some kind of supernatural, uncomfortable horror aesthetic, to be to be frank. There's a lot of horror aesthetic in a lot of his music videos. But the songs are poppy and catchy. Mm -hmm. You don't 
you don't listen to, you know, blinded, blinded lights and think of, you know, the, the crazy Super Bowl, uh, cheese graters, the, yeah, the, 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 the room full of mirrors, but then you get to the Horror Nights house and you actually walk through that and you're, and you're like, what the fuck? I'm actually walking through that. And you know, you go back and you watch the music video for it, and it's a guy who licked a toad, and he's tripping all over Las Vegas because he he thinks he mistakenly killed someone. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how cool this house was, and the fact that they were able to take an entire soundtrack, an entire album that someone made, and they were able to translate it into a competent house. Like, there are a couple of his music videos about, like, chicks stalking him mm-hmm. and trying to, like, kill him, cut his head off. You know, he tries stalking a girl in one in one music video and it ends yeah. with her killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one where these there are these two, like, influencers who want plastic surgery well, are, cool, but they're are like, hunting these, him down. But you're literally standing in line. They're playing these videos. Right. So that's also cool where you're able to see where this inspiration is coming from There was these a, things are happening. There was a night, like, a month before we left where I came home, I ate dinner, and then I, like, I ate, like, an edible, and I sat down and I watched, like, 27 of his music videos. And I, like, I got it. Like, I understood mm-hmm. at that point. And then I was excited. And for me, it's the fact that, like, I can't take any points away for it being lame because it wasn't. No. I can't take any points away for it not being original because it was. Mm -hmm. And I can't take any points away for it being, it not being scary because it was. There were scary aspects. It's, it got me a couple times and it did what it set out to do. And I just, I could, I could rave about it, but I want to keep the, the plot moving. I, for me, that's just a solid five because they just nailed it. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it's justified. I want to give the next one a five as well because this one probably had the best scares of the night. Universal Monsters Legends Collide, Mummy versus Wolfman versus Dracula. Yeah, this um, was one of the first houses we did that evening too. I don't know if it would be a five. I think four, mostly because of that one scene. Of misdirection that they did. See, that's why I want to give it a... I want to give it a five for two reasons. Okay. Just for that trick. No. Well, that you said two reasons, so it's for that trick and... It's that trick and then how the house ended. When you get to the end of that house, they hit you with all three of those bad guys at once. Mm. You get the mummy on one side of you. I remember the Dracula fucking floating mm-hmm. above me off of, like, cords. Mm-hmm. And then the wolf man popping out on my right. Mm. Like, if you can if you can hit me with a scare from all sides in a house that's super immersive where you've already gotten me three other times, not to mention the smell in that house. Do you remember how bad it smelled? It smelled like death. It was, yeah. I do remember it today. And the whole mummy aesthetic. I love the mummy. Oh, yeah. We love that movie, the 1999 Brendan Fraser movie. We talk about it all the time. It was like walking through that set. But I, I'll talk about the scare that got me the most. We turn a dark, empty hallway going left. We take a left-hand turn. You look all the way down the hallway, 
and you see the shadow of Dracula go left. But you know that you're walking down this hallway and you're going to turn right before you go down to where he just turned left. When you turn right, he's immediately in your fucking face. Yeah. He cool. popped he popped out of the fucking wall and got in my face the minute I turned right. So the timing, I don't know if it was a mirror. I don't know what type of trick they played. I don't know if it was a projection or a video. I don't know how, or if it was just another person who is staged to be there at that time and then disappear. It could have been any of those things. But someone at the end of the hallway went left and then someone else came came out from the right. And for me, that just fucking floored me. Like, the best element of misdirection I'd ever... I've ever seen displayed in a haunted house before. And when you nail, like, the mummy, the wolfman, and Dracula, you manage to make all three of them scary, and then you hit me with all three of them at the end. Like, that's just perfect. That's just icing on the cake. I think that was the first house we did that, that night, too. So for me, that just, like, started, started us off with one of the best. Yeah, that puts you to the top. You want to give it a four, but I want to give it a five. Then give it a five. I'm going to give this one a five. Usually I, I contest to what you have to say. Why would you say that it's not a five? I mean... Why is it a four to you? Because literally that was the only real memorable thing, in my opinion, was that the trickery of that... Um, that whole thing besides besides that um the yes there is the mummy egyptian aspect but that wasn't through the whole house yes it was was the, it the entire house was mummy yeah, tombs see that's how good my memory was so yeah yeah entire house was mummy tombs and and the only reason i remember that is because when you walk in they had actually pulled one of the giant anubis statues out of the back lots mm. and had it hoisted in the first room, you literally walk in and you're in the tombs. Mm -hmm. You see the uh, the scaffolding of them diving into the tombs, all the work equipment, and then you see this giant Anubis statue. And I was like, "Fuck!" They like pulled that out of the mummy ride to put it here. <laughs> like that was mind blowing to me. Um, now getting into their originals that year, Spirits of the Coven. This was the witch house where it was a it was a speakeasy. Mm -hmm. where there there was a bunch of sexy ladies trying to pull you in. Mm -hmm. And then when they got you down into their basement, they turned out to be ugly hags. Yeah. They started to transform all these spells on the walls and stuff, and they wanted your blood. Yeah. You remember that one? Not really. Yeah, Which it was wish... one of the last ones in the night that we did. Oof, that was a long night, too. It was a long night. Yeah, It so was a tough night. I'm not going to be very good at, at scoring that one because I like the subject matter, but if I can't really remember the house, I'm not really valid in rating it. For me, this is a two or a three because it wasn't very scary. On the original side, it's just kind of one note. It's just a bunch of hags, a bunch of witches just being all... Ugh. And for, and for me, like, that's not very scary. And, you know, the speakeasy aspect was downplayed because it's only really like the first room you enter and then you're just immediately in the catacombs underneath the speakeasy and they're just like, give me your blood. I don't know. 
you don't really remember it, so it's hard for me to say. What do you think? Well, I mean, I. Do you remember the? You walk into a room and there's this like woman in the center on this giant platform, surrounded by sigils that are glowing green, and she has like three eyes and she's just like shouting shit. You could have said that the Winifred <laughs> sisters were in there, and I would have been like, oh, oh, okay. That's how much I remember that house. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> you have to remember this one, though. This one was actually good. Bugs. Eaten alive. Bugs, yes, I do remember that, because it was probably so random. Kind of. Like, it was... I just remember the very first scene where there's a woman who's, like, presented in, like, this nice kitchen, and then... They're trying to sell you a product. Yeah, Yeah. and then all The bug is staminator. Put it in your house. It'll kill all the bugs. And then it starts, like, fogging, and she's like, oh, fuck, it's not working. And instead, it mutates all the bugs, so all the bugs turn all all crazy. I'm going to say, I'm actually going to give that one a one. What? Yeah. For me, this is like a three or a four. Oh, wow. Oh, I hate bugs. That whole tryptophobia thing with the the holes in your skin and like the maggots crawling out of the holes. They literally had a guy like turn the corner and he's like, they're inside of me. And like all the all the maggots are like crawling out of his stomach and shit. I mean, uh, you weren't uh, grossed out by this house at all. No, I mean, it's it just is stereotypical, I feel. Like big old bugs, bugs, just bugs. Bugs are gross. But you're not scared of bugs. You're not. You don't. You you just think bugs are gross. I, I'd say if you if you give me a really big spider where it's which like, they did, which is big enough where you can step on it, you hear it crunch. Uh, that that's a no no in my book. But in so terms this of... house ended with you walking under a literal like building sized spider. But still, that I, it's just, then that's, that's unrealistic. That's not gonna, (laughs) that, that doesn't. I'll take my, my four down to a three for you, but I'm definitely not giving it a one. It was cooler than a one. A one is like pure ass. Because you can't give, it's not a, it's not a zero scale. It's a one to five scale. So it's like. I'm not going to give Listen, any. And this was my favorite year. 2022 was my favorite year. I'm not going to give. One. I'm not going to give any of these houses a zero because they don't deserve a zero. They at least happened. They tried. Um, the house I, that I will give I'd number give... one is the bathroom because whenever you go into the bathroom, it, if it's what's what's the not all pee pee times or poo poo times. <laughs> But all poo-poo times are pee-pee times. So I'll give I'll give the bathrooms my number one. I'm giving Bugs a three, and it's because I actually did think it was gross. I thought it was original. Um, and I thought aspects of it actually did freak me out a little bit. I don't like maggots. I don't like spiders. I don't like centipedes. And they had all of those in this house. And all of those things make my skin crawl, and they give yeah. me the fucking goosebumps. I mean, and, and... remember how... The other day, I found you know how like you get the tiny spiders and they have like the very thin webs and they might be like hanging from the ceiling and all of a sudden you like turn around and there's a spider in your face. Where I literally took that and I brought it over to you and I said, "Hey, look at this spider." Do you remember that? Yeah, but I wasn't like scared of it. I just went. I just went like, "What are you doing?" That's that's how I feel about. <laughs> there we go. There's. See, no, like for me, it's like. 
the better the better reaction is when you were over at my house like two or three weeks ago and we walked outside to let the dogs out and we saw that giant garden spider that had oh, put together yes. that six foot tall yeah, see, web. That's, yeah, you that... looked at it and said, oh, how pretty. I looked at it and said, that thing is a fucking monster. I want to light it on fire after yeah. hitting it with a broom. You know, like striped legs, giant fucking red oh, yeah. back, gross. Ugh, ugh. I hate bugs. I hate bugs. I've been traumatized by bugs, which is why I'm going to give that house a three because it hit, it hit another one of those cardinal fears for me. I was like, ventriloquist dummies, clowns, bugs, something I've had nightmares about as a kid. If you can hit that, then I'm giving the house minimally like a three. Okay. I'm taking it down from a four. I was going to give it a four because I love the fifties retro aspect of it. The 50, like, they were setting it up as, like, this old-timey, like, them aspect. And I I like, I like that um, Back to the Future style feeling. You're going to rate this one higher than I would have, so we can have a little change of opinion here. Fiesta de Chupacabra. Ah, see, you know what? I think that you think I would do it higher because... Because I like the lore of the Chupacabra, I don't like what the monster was in those. It was more like a big cat. I think the Chupacabra is a lizard man. I think it's more of mm-hmm. a... Uh, a scaly reptilian. A scaly, yeah, so I think... A scaly reptilian creature, and what we got was a mangy-looking yes. cat without fur. So that would be between a two and a three for me. I want to give it a three because I appreciated the actual aesthetic of what you're walking through. Yeah, like, I th- yeah, they I nailed this I kind of three. Yes. they nailed this kind of Mexico City grungy back streets, going through the alleyways, feeling like you're gonna get threatened by anyone around you. They were all wearing creepy masks. It's all a part of this cult. The story was you're just some random dude. Um, a part of a tourist, you know, trap in Mexico drawn into this festival when it turns out the entire people are planning on drawing you in to sacrifice you to the Chupacabra at the festival. I'll, I'll take it to a three as well because the actual, what they call the quote-unquote Chupacabra, was really good. I remember seeing it going, it yeah, a I'm... three-foot-tall screaming cat yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. So I, while I was disappointed where I was like, oh, the Chupacabra, in my opinion, go to Giant Unsolved Mysteries. red-eyed it is demon. A, yes, it is a... I grew up as it is more closely resembling as a lizard man versus a big cat. And I love cats, so that's why I was womp womp. But again, the the amount of work they put into the context and making this place actually look, yeah. smell, and feel like you're in a little a little Mexican city just for a little amount of time really does displace you. The the amount of work they put into that. Um, next one needs no needs no inter- introduction. Just a solid five right off the bat. Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake. We talked about it at the beginning. You walk in, it's cold, gentle snowfall coming down from the ceiling, a rolling fog from the distance pouring over these houses, and you just look into the middle of this warehouse, because you know you're inside a building. You do. 
But you look into this warehouse and you see this tall lighthouse with a circular light. And for a moment, you're like, I don't feel like I'm in a house. No, they really... I feel like I'm in a New England town on a harbor in the middle of the night about to get on a big boat Mm -hmm. and everything's haunted. Yep. And the lighting was creepy and the the people were creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. You walk into the tavern and the guy's telling a story with his big corncob pipe and he's mm-hmm. like, ah, it's all haunted. You're going to get haunted. Fuck you. And then you leave and all the creepy fishmen coming up from the docks looking all sunken and bloated. You know, they're just luring you in and you hear that violin. Yep. And there's in a the woman distance. playing a violin on top of and the And you, you the turn ship. the corner and you, you see this ghostly woman at the bow of this giant ship just playing this violin with a single spotlight on her. And it's just haunting. Yeah. And sad and beautiful. And then you get into the actual ship and, you, and the house isn't even done yet. Mm-hmm. You've just, there's actual water. There's, there's men in, in UV fucking, uh, old tiny dive suits with big bulgy metal heads you know coming at you with harpoons and shit it was just cool just one of the coolest fucking houses one of the coolest fucking things i've ever seen and and i remember when my brother and his girlfriend got back they said the same exact fucking thing they were like they were like we went to the event because we heard you know fucking halloween and the weekend were gonna be there but you leave talking about dead man's pier winter's wake that was as beautiful of a house as any have been represented. Um, one of the first ones in the evening that we did, Descendants of Destruction. Uh, post-apocalyptic. You walk through like a subway. It's all beaten down. Everyone is like mutants and uh, very escape from New York, like uh, post-apocalyptic people trying to survive uh, in a in a atomic wasteland type of atmosphere, city's been crushed. You're just underground the entire time. Um, I remember this one being cool because you actually did walk through a giant subway train. Um, but it is kind of forgettable in the fact that like it's nothing more than just a bunch of grungy people grunting at you um, as you're trying to get through a subway station. Yeah. You don't remember this one. No. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of rumors at the time that uh, this was supposed to be a test for The Last of Us mm. because it's a it's the same type of idea. Um, you start off in this underground and you get to the bottom and there's all these like cave monster creatures and, you know, you can see where they're like the through line of thought is like, oh, we have. A wasteland with hunter-like people. We go through a subway train. We go underground. And there are these underground monsters. It's like, yeah, with Last of Us, it's the apocalypse. There's people fighting each other for resources. They're hunting each other, eating each other. The fungus people underground. They live underground because that's where fungus thrives. Spores and all that shit. Weird mushroom people. Like... You you follow the same line of thought, but then you're just like, this is kind of the dollar store version <laughs> of that, right? Um, I'm not going to give it a one. I'll give it no. a two because it was really cool to actually walk on a giant subway train in a haunted house. But it's not much more than that, you know? 
I remember the scares being cool. Um, because you just don't, you don't see what direction they're coming from. You're in a giant dilapidated building. You're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but again, nothing really to write home about. And then, uh, for the last one, I think, I think we do have to give it a one, if not for the only reason that we didn't do it. This was the house that we skipped that year. Um, but I had watched several videos about it. It was supposed to be Evil Dead Rise. There was a rights issue. They wanted to do Evil Dead. They weren't able to do Evil Dead. Something happened. They took it back. The rights got pushed off to the next year where it only ended up going to California. Um, Hellblock Horror was their attempt at doing a small subversive plot about uh, a prison block that holds all the greatest monsters in it. It had ghouls, it had spirits, it had ghosts, it had demons, it had aliens, it had monsters, it had everything. But it ended up just all being a bunch of dudes in masks all wearing jumpsuits. And the plot is you're like some future policeman parole officer dude called in to get back into the facility because all the convicts broke out, all the monsters broke out of their cages, which sounds cool on paper until you get in there and all the monsters are kind of lame. And, uh, the, the, the story of the house ends with you setting off like a bomb and nuking the entire facility. So the, the house literally ends with you, uh, with a guy going, the bomb has been set, get out of here. And then like big fog explosion. And then you walk out of the house. Mm. So I have to give it a one because we didn't do it. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, Alley Cat was getting a little sore from all the walking we were doing that night. It was just a long fucking night. And we looked at each other right before leaving. And we said, this is one we could skip because, uh, I had heard online and I had watched several videos that were underwhelming and I said, it's not worth the effort. It was already close to two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. or one, one o'clock in the morning. And we were just ready to get out of there. Um, and then we proceeded to sit on top of their garage for another 40 minutes waiting for a ride out of there, which just put the icing on the shit cake for that night, which is funny that it's your favorite night because we skipped a house and then had the worst ride home process possible. Yeah. So it's funny that you look back on that event as being our best. Um, bonus points for Sweet Revenge. I'd give three. It's the scare zone you really like with Aww. the vintage. The vintage like candy people and the... Four. You want to give it a four? Yeah, it's my favorite scare zone. It has to account for something. There's an, uh, a creepy a creepy mayor who owns a chocolate factory puts uh, puts a weird chemical into the chocolate that year that gets handed out at the festival. And all the kids who eat it turn evil and start killing their parents and just consuming candy, becoming little rage monsters. So the scare zone was really fun because there's like a cackling fat mayor walking around going, eat candy, eat more candy. And all of the kids are wearing like vintage Halloween costumes mm -hmm. but they're covered in blood and they're carrying weapons and they're talking about stealing your candy and killing you and yeah. all this stuff and it's just playing rinky dink like 50s trick or treat music the entire time just like 
I, I don't have a, like a great example. Just go watch the movie Trick or Treat and fill yourself with the kind of Sam, the Sam aesthetic that they that they felt in that moment. Um, colorful, fucked up Willy Wonka. I'll give it the four because you said. Um, I want to give uh, another scare zone a little shout out because I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it two points. Uh, Graveyard Deadly Unrest. It was the first scare zone we walked through that night. It Usually this section sucks. It's the first section off to the right. This section sucks because there's nothing, there's no houses in this area and it's very wide open. It's the same area I talked about with the last one with the vignettes. Um, they somehow made this section work because they turned, they brought in graveyard gates and graveyard walls mm -hmm. and like, and like, uh, cemetery stones and like, uh, and like mausoleum walls. Mm -hmm. And then they filled the entire thing with fog. I remember this, this area was like hard to walk through because they pumped so much fucking yeah. fog in there. The entire place was filled with like dead people and like ghosts and spirits. And this was the first time I've seen a stilt walker with like white lights on them. And they were just this floating ghost, you know, it, you couldn't, you couldn't tell from the legs that it was a stilt walker. You just saw this tall person just mowing through the fog, just glowing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking at that being like, I'm not scared of that, but it's fucking cool. So I want to give that at least two points um, because it's a, it's a memorable scare zone for me. Sure. Um, and being the first scare zone that you kind of walk through, um, it stands out. Um, so let's add up 2022, 4, 6, 11, 16, 18, 21, 24, 29, 31, 32, 36, 38. This actually doesn't beat my 2019, but it has three five-star rating houses, which is cool. All right, I'm going to get through California with Where Am I real quick because I already did an entire episode about it. I would say Chucky Ultimate Kill Count is a three because he liked it a lot. I'm going to give Last of Us a five because California's was fucking awesome. I'm going to give Stranger Things Season 4 a three. I'm going to give Exorcist Believer a four. Four, because it was actually fucking scary. Give Evil Dead Rise a three. Some of those scares where they had people popping out at you from all different angles just felt really awesome. Uh, I'm going to give Universal Monsters over there a... It's between a two or a three for me. I'm going to give it a three... Because some of those scares were really good. But this is another problem with California where the difference between California and Florida is that California is mainly just like black hallways and boo holes and corners. Whereas Florida is like big warehouses, big scenes, you know, big things are drawn out over there. Um, a lot to look at, a lot of detail. Whereas in California, 
you're not getting a lot of detail, you're getting a lot of suspense, you're getting a lot of drama, you're getting a lot of build-up, you're getting a lot of shock and uh, jump scares. So that's, I'm going to give that a three. Holidays in Hell, I'm going to give a one because it was even worse than the first time I went through it in 2019. Uh, Monsters of Latin America, I'm going to give a four, because some of those cryptids were actually fucking scary. Terror Tram, I'm going to give a three, and then I gave some bonus points. I want to give one bonus point for the Crows, the Stilt Walkers. I'm going to give three bonus points for Jupiter's Claim with the Us and Get Out references. And I'm going to give two bonus points for the Blumhouse Behind the Scream experience that I talked about. Because the Megan dance and the Five Nights at Freddy's animatronics were there and they were fucking cool. So for 2023 in California, we have 3, 8, 11, 15, 18, 21, 22, 26, 29, 30... 33, 30, 35 out of 60. Alright, getting to this here. Starting with probably the worst of the bunch. Um, it was worse than the one in California, for sure. This might actually be a one for me. Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Yeah, you didn't like Chucky. I, that's the problem. I now love Chucky. I love the new TV show. I think it's fantastic. Deputy Dewey and I have been rewatching the movies. I've rewatched the first three. I'm waiting on him to watch the rest. Um, like I said, I love the TV show. I'm actually a fan of Chucky now. I used to think Chucky was stupid, boring, dumb little doll. I could kick him with my foot. I don't care. He can't stab me. Whatever. This house wasn't good. And again, they put it in the Fast and the Furious queue, yes. which has a break in between the two sections. Yes. Bad house, bad location. Just bad. Just not good. And it wasn't scary. And I, uh, I want to give it a, I want to give it a higher rating because I actually like Chucky, but like it was, it was not I would, I great. would give it a two. Because the animatronics, they did their best with that outside space where there was. You didn't even see it. The guy was trying to talk to you. Well, no, that's what, <laughs> no, I did see it. I'm obviously remembering it, so it, it had some type of a effect on me. But there was interaction between the scare actor. The scare actor, yeah, that man has to talk to everyone. And literally, whenever I walked past him, I thought that it was done. I thought the house was done. I was like, okay, I understand why yeah. it's the one. And then he's like, don't go in there, ma'am. Don't go in there. And then I didn't say or look or anything like that. And then he goes to you and says, she's not even listening Why is no to one me? listening to me? You don't understand. The, the, plot, the plot of these houses is that Chucky found out meta. That Halloween Horror Nights is doing a house based off of his TV show. So what he did was he showed up in Florida and infiltrated the house and is now killing people in the house. 
So the, the meta aspect here, at least in Florida, is that the animatronic of Chucky that you see at the beginning of the house is actually Chucky saying, welcome to the house, I'm going to fucking kill you. Which I think is actually funny. I'll give it a two, if only for that animatronic, because it looked great. Him sitting there with the ruler being like, yeah. I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, I'm into that. Um, and it And they did have something like, fucking 20 animatronics in the house oh, of sure. Chucky. So um, I'll give it that two, bonus point. But but really, but really, they need to figure that space out. They need to do something about that space or just stop doing houses there. It doesn't work, in my opinion. Even with that little break. Um, on videos online, there's this white guy who's like, you guys need to listen to me. Stop recording. Get out of here. And it's kind of lame. But when we walked through, it was a guy on ground level. They removed the scaffold or didn't have someone up there or something. Um, and there was a guy on ground level literally trying to talk to you, literally trying to get your attention and say, no, don't go in there. Like, I just I just got out of there. I'm bleeding. I was attacked. You need to listen to me. And when you, like, thought the house was over and you just ignored him and kept walking, he actually turned to me and he was like, why isn't she listening to me? You need to get out of here. And I was like, I was like, yeah. I'll let her know. No problem. <laughs> um, Last of Us. Mm -hmm. I gave the California version a five, but I gave it a five because they had like five different Joel actors and five different Ellie actors and so many more scenes yeah. from the game. I would say the Florida one is probably a four. I agree. It needed a little bit more, in my opinion. There were only, like, there were two good bloater scenes, which are the big ones. Yes. And then they really only had, like, one or two good clicker scenes. Mm -hmm. and, there, and, and it happened, like, I remember turning around and looking at you when it happened, but I walked into a hallway where they, they both came out on both directions, mm -hmm. and I turned to you and I was like, did you see that? Like, they both got me at mm -hmm. one time. But that's it. Mm-hmm. And the California one, it felt like there were a lot more clickers, there was a lot more danger, there was a lot more stuff going on. I don't know, I just, the Florida house wasn't as good as the California one, and this is, this is the problem of retrospect, is that when you do the same house on each coast, one of them is going to be better, right? So for California, both the Chucky and the Last of Us houses were better. Now, for Stranger Things, I think the Florida house was better than the California house. I gave the California house a three, whereas I'd give the one that we went through a four. I think that's agreeable. And the reason for that is they actually gave us... Chrissy, wake up! The Chrissy, wake up scene. They actually they gave us... made her look fucked up. Yeah. They actually gave us the... They're on top of the, the trailer... And the upside down with all the bats flying around the Metallica scene. That they they actually cool. gave us that scene in the Florida house. They don't give you that scene in the California house. Oh. Um, in the California house, you get more of the Vecna uh, hunting all the kids down. Okay. So you get the woods scene where he gets that skinny kid. Yeah. You get the lake scene where he gets the, the black kid. You get the upside down scene where he's going after Max. 
but in in Florida, it's more of a streamlined of how the season worked. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I'll give it that one point more because we walked out of the house and they hit you with a fucking demogorgon yeah. right as you leave. Surprise! You're like, That's a good you're like, oh, we we had three or four Vecnas just kind of lurch at us, mm-hmm. and two really good eleven actors. Mm-hmm. It's probably hard to come by five foot tall. Yeah. Bald chicks. Yeah, and they looked good. Yeah, and they looked, they looked good. good. Yeah. Um, but but you leave the house and you think everything is over, and then they hit you with a the fucking demogorgon, demogorgon yeah. full on demogorgon, guy in a suit screams at you. Really, just really impressive. Um, I gave Exorcist Believer in California a four. I would give the one in Florida a three. I don't. It it wasn't the same house. Ultimately, the things that creeped me out and scared me about the one in California don't creep me out and scare me in Florida. And it's not because I saw them coming. It's literally down to the costumes and the scenes themselves. It's a watered down version of the one in California. In California, you either have the creepy girls around every corner or the big fucking demon. The white demon with three red eyes, giant horns, white hair. You either have him around every corner or the creepy girls. In Florida, you had maybe two of those demons and just creepy girls in every other scene. The vomit smell was more persistent in Florida than it was in California. And I remember it actually getting to a point where I walked into the final room with the girl attached to the ceiling by the vomit and I smelled it. I smelled it so fucking clearly that I turned and I saw the machine that's actually pumping it into the room and I went, ew. (laughs) And you were not watching because you were afraid of that house and you didn't want to see any aspect of it. Yeah, that that was like in a list of like, oh, like what houses would you not want to walk through? That's like number two on my list. So I... What would a number one be? Night of the Living Dead. That is the most scariest movie to me as a child. Talk about child things. That was the first horror movie I've ever seen. The black and white version. It just scares the living shit out of me. So if they made a house, I would just do exactly what I do with The Exorcist. Oh, you'd still go through it with me? I just close my eyes. You just close your eyes. I can't. I, I honestly can't rate this because I didn't see shit. I think a three is fair. Um, it wasn't as good as the California one and anyone who went through both of them would tell you the same thing. Um, whereas again, just going back, jumping off of things, the universal monsters in California was a three for me. I would say this one was a four. How do you feel about the universal monsters one in Patty? Um, I, I enjoyed it. Where would you put it? Like a three? I would put it as a three, I think. I'm I'm giving it a four just because the the one in California really wasn't anything more than just the characters, and I rated that a three, and this was better than that. So I have to give it at least one point more. Um, I love how they do the settings in these warehouses. Yeah, the setting was that good. first scene I... when you walk in and you're you're under a giant bridge and there's an actual guy up there talking to you with a French accent, just going like. What are you doing out at night? You must hide. We are we are under attack. The the streets are not safe. Like I and the light rainfall. That is true. And and the fog just rolling yeah. over that bridge. You hear the horse-drawn carriage come 
rolling up to the side. Like, yeah, I, I think, just loved how they nailed that. I think the description was a little off in terms of, like, oh, you're supposed to go underneath the Paris catacombs and someone like me, who is obsessed with Paris, mm-hmm. loves the idea of the catacombs, knowing what they look like, it would have been, I think I would have been more open to giving it a higher score if they had just said, you're in Paris. Because, yes, it was well, awesome that they had the outside scene. And they never the explicitly rain. say that you're going to the catacombs. They just yeah, say they that. Do. No, they said they're going to. I thought they said you're going to the sewers. No, they definitely says catacombs. They said catacombs. 100%. I can see why you're disappointed then because they didn't have any of the. Um, they didn't have any of the skulls and the bones and any of that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yep. When you're in the California one, it is absolutely a plot point. And they absolutely do have graves and bones and skulls and all this shit. When you're going through the sewers underneath the one in uh, Florida, it's really just the only couple scenes where the phantom pops out. What's funny is the entire house in California is in the catacombs. The entire thing. Mm. Whereas in this one, you exit the catacombs about halfway through and you're back on the streets and you see the cathedral on your left and you turn the corner and the hunchback is on the top. Mm. And he does that cool bungee cord thing. Yes. Where he like floats over top 100%. of you as he as he swings off of the uh the balcony there. Um there's a scene like that in the California house where he has a giant melting cauldron full of shit and he goes to pour it over you and all this fog just rolls out on top of you. Uh we we missed that scare in California. So it's it's just the California house wasn't as effective. As the Florida one, in my opinion. The the ability to build out this concept and have all this context and actually build, like, a Parisian courtyard, you mm-hmm. know, in a house mm-hmm. is just cool to me. Um, I was disappointed by this one because I feel like we missed all the good scares. Uh, Dr. Oddfellows, mm-hmm. the circus tent, Twisted Origins, um... I feel like that was a big promotion this year. Oddfellow was the icon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Oddfellow was the icon, but I don't feel like the house lived up to how much they were shoving him down your throat. Yeah. Around every corner. Um, what would you rate this one? Three. I want to give it a two. Mm. Because I just really don't think they played into it as much as they could have. Like... You have a circus, so why aren't I scared by, like, every freak that pops out? Or why aren't you filling this with fucking scary-ass clowns, you know? Like, if if lore-wise, this is where Jack came from, and Jack is, like, a scary fucking mm-hmm. undead clown, why isn't more of that shit going around in this house? Not to mention, I, I think we missed a bunch of good scares. Yeah. You literally turn a corner and there's like a minotaur with like a, a, a fucking frou-frou like ballerina tutu on. You remember that? I don't know. There's a giant bull's head human body ballerina costume tutu. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe visually. I'm thinking <laughs> of like Looney Tunes where there's a bull with a... I that, 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 that evens out because I would have given the... Paris one a three and this one a three so but you gave it a four for the Paris one and a two so that evens the score. 
in in my head, that's just a missed opportunity. Because you have so much media about scary clowns and freaks and sideshow, you know, mutants and stuff. Like, you could have played off of all that stuff. And instead you have, like, a clown open a curtain and go, Welcome to Odd Fellows Circus! And then he just, like, fucks off. Like, it's not scary. It's no. dumb. And Oddfellow, as the icon this year, underwhelming. It's this black dude with fangs and a glowing cane, and he just constantly yells at you about your soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. underwhelming. Um, especially when the next house does it so well. Um, Darkest Deal. Yes. That one's a four or a five for me. I don't think a five. A four is, I think. Four is fair? Yeah. Uh... Story is as old as time. Devil, Devil went down to Georgia. You know, there's there's a guy who uh, carries a fiddle. Yeah, there's a guy. His name in, is Cuddle Angus. In this one, he's a guy playing like a trumpet or a saxophone or something. Um, his name uh, is Mambo Number Five. <laughs> he uh, he sells his soul to the devil. To get be, a record deal, to yeah, the to, best be, jazz to be successful in New Orleans, and it goes to to give you Literally. to give you the origin of the blues. You know, um, he I give you something to cry about. He gets he gets popular at what he's doing, and when his time is up, the devil comes to to reap what he sowed, and. Uh, the house literally ends with you getting pulled down into hell. You you cross through a graveyard. Um, you see that he has made this deal with tons of other people. Um, they all pop out at you through the graveyard. He's like, it's your turn now. You get pulled down into hell. And no. the house literally ends with a giant demon just saying, you know, welcome home. And no, I just... he has a whole orchestra in hell. Yeah. The devil probably has a cool soundtrack, yeah. right? Um. The first house we did, Dueling, Dra- Dueling Dragons Choose Thy Fate. I think that was fun and deserves a four, if not a five. I'm giving it a four, and I'm only giving it a point off because it's not scary. No, it's not scary at all. This was a fantasy-based house at Horror Nights, and I expected just a little bit more scares. I wanted I wanted people to be popping out at every corner. I wanted warlocks and demons and trolls and goblins and you really only get like a couple of those. The the I would rate this a 3 personally. Uh, I think but it's I'll, a 4. I mean they even have a choose your own ending. Yeah. You can either go to the right side or the left side. If you go to the wrong side, you're dead. If you go to the other <laughs> side, you live. I think that is unique. It was it was a cool test. It was a cool promotion for the house because naturally it's based off of a, a ride that used to exist at Islands of Adventure, where you would do the same thing. You would you would go through a castle. You would go through a queue. You'd hear dragons are attacking the town. You have to pick what dragon you want to support to win the fight, and you'd have to split at some point near the end of the queue. You'd have to pick whether to support the fire dragon or the ice dragon, and both of the roller coasters were different. The uh, the fire dragon side was faster, had a lot more hills. It was about ups and downs. The ice dragon side had more flips, had more inversions. It was more twisty, more turny, more uh, wild, in my opinion. Um, in, in this house, the coolest scene, 
you walk out into a courtyard, you see two huge dragons sitting on top of the building. They both blow in fog and lights out of their mouths to, to make it look like fire and ice. And then you see right in front of you, choose thy fate. And it tells you fork in the road. You want to go fire. You want to go ice. We picked ice. I picked ice. I'm sure, I'm sure you would have picked fire. We die. We got to the end and, and the ice warlock was holding Merlin's head and he's like, I have won and humanity has lost. And we were like, ah. I think also that <laughs> might have gotten people to go through that house again to be like. Oh, definitely. I Apparently there are four the different endings. endings. Four? Yeah. How is there four different endings if there's only two sides? Merlin can be present and save you at different times. No. So if uh, if the fire warlock wins, he's holding Merlin's head and humanity is burned. If the ice warlock wins, then uh, he's holding Merlin's hand and humanity is iced. And then there's a version where Merlin is on each side and he has conquered both of the warlocks, which too, technically too much. Just technically just maybe three endings. Um, here's a fun one. Four or five. Yeti campground kills. Oh, I think that's a five. You want to give it a five? Yeah. It's got laughs. It's got <laughs> campiness. It's got a child Yeti that is killed. And Mama Yeti says no. And fucking kills a camper because of it. There is yeah, a, the kid's literally like, look what I found. There's Let's a bear. A stick. They all, you think they're just going to see yetis. No, you see a bear. And that thing is scary, too. You're like, oh, you're, oh, you're, you're not a yeti. You're a bear. It kind of, like, catches you off guard more than actually scary. <laughs> but it's fun. Here's my thing. Oh, my. You give it four. Because it wasn't For a five. No, 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 no. For a five, I think the 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 experience needs to be like transcendental. Like it needs to be amazing, and everything needs to line up, and the aesthetic needs to be overwhelming, and the scares need to be on point. And whether or not it's funny, because I even I think I gave Ghostbusters a five. Um, even if it's funny, I think it just it needs to it needs to hit every possible mark. And for me, I don't think this experience was, like, beautiful or, like, life-changing, you know? Like, I just thought it was, like, a good house. Like, Dead Man's Pier is a five. Yes. Like, Dead Man's Pier is, like, an experience I think about fondly. Yeti Campground Kills is just, like, a good horror house. But this that's, that's my differentiation. That's what this is all about. <laughs> Horror nights. I know, but like I'm saying, if if we if we are saying that this is at the same level as Dead Man's Pier, then what are we really saying? Well, what what other fives are there on the list? Ghostbusters. I can't discuss that. I didn't see it, so don't even pull that one out. Ghostbusters, Haunting of Hill House. Universal Monsters Legends Collide, The Weekend, After Hours Nightmare, Dead Man's Pier, Last of Us in California. There there haven't been many of them, but you would say a five. I think Yeti. that's a five. I think that's a unique five. All right. I would say if I'll that, concede. It wild card. 
I'll concede. Um, the Yeti costumes are great. They're big. They're fluffy. They're daunting. Like, they're tall. Mm-hmm. Like, they got big people to wear those costumes. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's was, like, the crazy thing. It was thing, big. Is that they had, like, nine of them, and they're all big. They had big people and um, small people. There was a fun scare where you're going, like, through the inside of a cabin, and, like, an arm swoops down, mm-hmm. like, right in your face. So they had, like, an actor up there just, like, reaching down at people. Yep, like, that did. was cool. Um... The one laugh, other than the kids poking it with poking a dead baby with a stick, going like, look, a what, baby, look what I found. Baby. Yeah, so the, the plot of this house is that a bunch of campers find and kill a baby yeti, so a bunch of the big yetis show up and kill all the campers in the neighborhood, which is funny. Um, the mama yeti immediately comes out and grabs the kid and pulls him off into yeah. the woods, which is hilarious, because the kid just screams his head off. Um... I my favorite part is we're we're next to like a canoe. There's a dead body in the lake, yeah. and this old guy comes out and he goes, "What the hell are those things?" And then just closes the window behind yeah. him because the yeti just pops out and he's just like, "What the hell?" And I, that just made me laugh. Yeah. Um, we got into the cabin and I heard something roaring and I said, "That doesn't sound like a yeti." And I was like, I'm afraid of bears. And we turned the corner and there's, there's a, bear a bear standing right there. And you were like, oh my God, because it actually like lunged at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was funny. Um, this house was more funny to me than scary, but I'll I'll concede to the five for your ruling. Last one. Blood Moon Dark Offerings. The last house we did. I like that one. Give it a four. Very pretty. Again, this is a house that puts aesthetic above everything. Creepy, because it's a cult, and everyone's wearing hoods and creepy masks. Even little kids around the Maypole with human organs yeah, those, those were kids, wearing masks. Those kids were tiny. I don't. I didn't even think those were kids. I thought there were some little oh, they gremlins. Were, they were fake little mannequins, but they were meant to be kids. Oh, I mean, they were, um, they were small. I thought they were some gremlins. cool scares in this one. I love the I love the traditional scare. Where you enter a room or a hallway and everyone's wearing the same thing, but you don't know which are people and which are mannequins. They did that in the Weekend House. They did that in the Universal House. They did that in Holidays in Hell. They did that here to its best effect, I think. Because you enter a room and hear chanting. You hear them saying, like, we will sacrifice you for for the blood moon. You know, you hear, like, eight people say that, but you don't know which of these is an actual person that's going to lunge at you. I like um, it. I concede to the four. The four is worth it for that one. It gets a point off for just being, like, short. It was quick. You walk through a little town. There's a cult. They draw you in. You get to the last room. It's, like, hereditary. There's just, like, a, a wicker man made of organs and blood, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, you only really see the blood moon in, like, two different scenes. So, like, True. why is it called blood moon? Um... I want to give at least three bonus points for Vamp 69 and its soundtrack. 69, Because the Woodstock aesthetic was awesome, and every time we walked through there, we were singing the songs that That were playing. That's fun, yeah. Which is super fun. And um, I combined uh, the last last things we want to talk about here, which is the Tribute Store this year. I want to give at least one bonus point for that. Because yes. it was the coolest tribute store we've gone through yet. 
and um, I'd give at least another bonus point for us doing Scream early this year. Yeah, I think we finally figured out the correct schedule where we do everything we want to do without feeling absolute exhaustion. So the, th the thing about the last couple years that we've been to Horror Nights is we've only done the Express Pass. Anyone who is anyone who has money who tells you to go to an event like this tells you there's only one way to do it in one night, and that's with Express Pass. It's a front-of-the-line ticket that gets you through the houses in under, in our experience, 30 minutes. Because some of these lines are two and a half hours long. They will say it. At the gate, you will wait two, two or so hours to get into this house, which is fucking ridiculous. If you're not a local, you might get one or two houses done in an evening and that blows my mind that people pay 80 to 100 dollars to be there to maybe do two houses right kills me that that's how this event is run but if you get an express and you're there for the entire night as we've said you can get through every house it's getting harder as the years go on to be able to do something like that so this year i opted for the scream early ticket they let you into the park at 3, you get into your zone by 5, and from 5 to 6, they slowly open aspects of the park as it gets shut down from 4 to 6. We were able to walk into our first house, Dueling Dragons, at 5.15. That is fucking awesome. This is close to two and a half hours before the park officially opens for the event. Now, the downside is... I felt like there were maybe six or seven scare actors in that first house when usually there are double the amount in the middle of the night when the event actually starts. For a small house like Dueling Dragons, not a big deal. If we had done Stranger Things like first, though, I feel like it would have sucked because there maybe would have been like five actors and like one Vecna when really it's like ten actors and five Vecnas running around. Um... The benefit is you show up in those two extra hours you get, you can get through like three or four houses mm -hmm. in that first hour Definitely. and just take your time. Um, even if you don't have an express, ha uh, express ticket, get the scream early because the lines for some of these houses will stay under an hour. We saw Stranger Things, one of the most popular houses at this event, was only 45 minutes at the start of the event at, at like, 5. Um, if you had gotten the Scream Early ticket and you had showed up at, at 4, you would have been able to get Dueling Dragons and Exorcist and Stranger Things done before the park even opened, officially. Because the park doesn't open for the event until 7, 7.30. So if the general audience isn't walking in for another two hours, we were able to get four houses done and two rides. And also eat, like, three different things. It wasn't even dark out yet. And it wasn't even dark out yet. So I think we finally figured out, ironically... The more money you spend, the more time you're able to have at this event, the easier the experience is on you, and the less manic and the less oppressive it is, which means moving forward, <laughs> we're going to pay for 
the regular ticket, the express ticket, yep. and the scream early ticket. I was carrying six tickets for us <laughs> throughout the event. Because you need a ticket to get in early, you need a ticket for the event, and you need a separate ticket to get front of the line access. So it's either we do that, or we pay the $1,000 for the RIP tour, yeah. and we just split that. With a group of four or five people, I think that'll be worth it. But if it's just you and me, we're going to do it this way yep. moving forward. Um, let me add up this last year. Is there anything you wanted to talk about about this event? I think I just wanted to ask what themed house would you like to see in the future? Ah, that's a good question. 2, 6, 10, 13, 17, 19, 23, 28, 32, 36, 39, 41. So this year has ranked the highest as far as our experience goes. Not just from houses, but from the overall event. And um, in order, it goes 2023 Florida, 2019 with my brothers, 2021 and 2022, you and me, Ty. And then so far, my least, my least positive experience has been California this year, 2023, which, you know. It's just because it didn't have as much to offer as any other year. And California is just a weirder park in general. Um, I love that topic, that idea. What would you want to see at this event? Like what like, themed house? If we're going off of like a favorite IP, they've been talking about it for years. They, they want to do a full John Carpenter the Thing house. Which naturally... is like the most exciting thing I've ever heard. Did they do that already? In a... They called it like a Silver Screens house. Mm -hmm. They had a section of the house dedicated to the thing. And then in 2011, when the prequel came out, that had a house. But they've never done a full-on... 1984 John Carpenter's The Thing house. Gotcha. And fingers crossed. You never I know. think they're they're waiting for an anniversary for sure. Um, but I also think they're waiting for it to be back in the pub, uh, public zeitgeist because um, they've been talking about doing like a sequel or like an offshoot sequel, requel for the thing. So we'll see how that goes. If if Frozen Hell, the the book, the manuscript by Campbell, um, finally gets adapted, maybe we'll see that. But I would love to see that. Um, unfortunately, Warner Brothers owns the rights to it, and they will like never, probably never, give the rights to Universal for that to be a Horror Nights house. But I would love to go through an It house. That's a good one, too. Pennywise. That'd be huge. Pennywise. Moneymaker. Huge. Pennywise being an event icon and being the the monster behind an entire haunted house is, like, its own selling point for me. Um, a hundo. 
Is there is there any property or thing that you would really like to see? Bioshock, hundred percent. If they can do the Last of Us video game, they can do a Bioshock game. So the funny yes. thing, the funny thing about that, ironically, is that Netflix is developing either a Bioshock movie or short series. They haven't they haven't full out said what it is. And the strike recently happening, they've had to say um, they they haven't been working on it. But apparently, there's a writer and there's a director. And there's a team attached to doing it. And Netflix has it. the rights for it. I literally just read the article like last week. Like the writer is back on. He's working on it. He's really excited about yeah. it. They did a Netflix poster pre-pandemic. That's how long yeah. this has been going on for. So A lot of... Hey, Gore Verbinski wanted to do a Bioshock movie. And I think... Uh, he had the rights for it. He wanted it to be a hard R rating. The studio said no. He said fuck you and walked away. I don't blame him. This needs to be hard R. This needs to be cutthroat. This needs to be crazy and ruthless and bloody. And it needs to happen. But if Resident Evil could get a house. If Last of Us can get a house. If Silent Hill can get a house. If fucking Walking Dead can get a house. If Stranger Things. If Hill House. All these things, either video game or Netflix-based or both, can get houses. We could get a Bioshock house. I like the positivity. I just... He, here, here's my thing. Five Nights at Freddy's is probably going to do gangbuster numbers. People, people are not prepared for how like rabid that fan base is. The people who like Five Nights at Freddy's fucking love Five Nights at Freddy's. And it's cross-generational because we grew up with it and it's still coming out with stuff. There are still kids that love that shit. So the movie is going to be huge. It's already successful because of the streaming rights. Jason Bloom has said this a while ago. But there's no way this movie flops and it's going to be good and it's a Blumhouse property so it's going to be at Horror Nights next year. I'm almost sure of it. I love the prospect of walking through a Five Nights at Freddy's house with costumes based off of those animatronics just fucking lunging at you. Straight out of the game, walking through the pizza parlor, these fuckers coming out at you. Super cool. Very popular video game. If we get that next year and then we get a Bioshock movie or series adaptation the following year, then I see that next year being a Bioshock at Horror Nights year. I'm hoping with Blumhouse and with Netflix being okay with their properties being adapted for this event, that that continues to snowball as the event moves forward. Because I would love a Bioshock house. I would love a Five Nights at Freddy's house. I'm just... I'm... I'm crossing my fingers. I'm really hoping that those things come to fruition. I said it before when we were in Florida. I would love for them to do an anniversary 1999 The Mummy House. Because <laughs> um, the ride, as as cool as it is, it doesn't hit how scary that movie is. Because that was actually like a pretty creepy movie. Um, I would love to see people dressed up as O'Connell. <laughs> Just fucking running around with a shotgun. I would love to see um, 
emotep bald dudes with big mouths and you know giant sand walls and those creepy fucking uh zomboids at the end of the movie that fucking chant and carry weapons and jump real high and yeah. shit like there's just so much about that movie that I would love to see in person and I know that they have like they have the costumes they have the the aspect they have the location could be right next to the ride like just make it happen mm-hmm. um the the symbiotic relationship for how some things universal already has like right under their nose i don't know why they don't do certain things more often is more so the point i'm trying to make like they're so focused on doing universal monsters every year that they don't work on like properties that just came out like we were asking why voyage of demeter didn't have a house this year. It was because I thought that one uh, scare zone looked like it. And I was like, is that the voyage of the demeanor? <laughs> and you're like, no, that's like the harbor. Yeah, it's just some, some stupid some odd random. fellow harbor. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, they didn't even give it like they didn't give it any recognition. It played it played as an ad. <laughs> it played as an ad as we were waiting oh, for right. to yeah. get into Last of Us. It's like. That was a universal released movie this year that was critically well received, but probably not great on box office. But if you do a house and the house is cool, then that tells people to go watch the movie. Yeah. To me, it's confusing that they wouldn't want to do a cool house based off of a freaky Nosferatu when that almost sets up the perfect aspect for what a horror house is based off of. And then it feeds back into something they're trying to get more money out of. Because if you were to ask me, when I went through the California Exorcist Believer House, I came out of it saying, I want to go see the movie now because that house was fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. In between that house and this house, we found out that the movie sucks ass and now I don't Mm want to see it. And when I walked through the house in Florida, I just kind of got disappointed (laughs) that it's not as cool as the house was. So, you know, that's that's the sad thing is that they they chose to do a Blumhouse Exorcist movie as their as their movie this year instead of doing something cool as as, you know, Voyage of Demeter could have been. Um but that's, you know, that's that's all we wanted to really talk about here tonight. We wanted to do a breakdown of Halloween Horror Nights and I'm sure we'll be adding to this list as more uh, years come. Um, Super surprised that 2023 was our highest rated this year, but Alley Cat (laughs) Alley Cat was happy to be back here with me on the couch and talk about Horror Nights for a couple hours. And as as I said last time, I hope uh, people had a good time listening to this and hearing more about Horror Nights and hearing us reminisce on all things spooky. And I can't say it enough. Everyone, please go to this event. Please support this event. Keep it rolling. Keep it going. Um, I want to see Horror Nights last for years to come. Thank you.